What up, what up, what up, what up? Crazy, beautiful people. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Black Sheep Perspective. Today is Saturday, February 8th, right? Yes, sir. February 8th. Today's a big uh, fight night tonight. <clears throat> we got uh, John Jones going to be defending his belt against Dominic Reyes. I know Gus and I are looking forward to that. We got some fight talk today because we got an amazing guest today. Before we get into that, though, Gus, give us some updates on your fight. I know we keep bringing up your fight, and it got postponed. Just tell us really quick about that. We'll go into details later. Uh, supposed to be fighting for Combate at the end of this month. Been training for like three months. I was supposed to fight in January, and they moved it to February. Then my opponent pulled out for February, and now they have me. I'm going to be fighting for Titan, which is a really good promotion. Right. Spoke most about likely them. no funny business will be done with them. A hundred percent. So I'll be fighting at the beginning of the month with them in uh, Dominican Republic. April. And, yeah. Okay. In April. And then at the end of the month for Combate. In Orlando. In Orlando, Florida. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. I know you've been training your, your, your balls off and you're looking great and whoever you're going to go against is, whoo, they got something coming. I can't, I can't wait for that. I'm excited. And, um, but on that note, on the fight, on the fight tip, and we got a lot of fights coming up, we have especially UFC, but also here in South Florida, we got some great events coming up that we're going to talk about. And this happens to be one of your old training partners who, man, do we got a lot of stories that are going to come from that, a lot of shit talking that's going to come for that. He's like a big brother that's been bullying me. For yeah, man. He's, o- he, he's also, he's, nah, literally, he's literally a local legend. He's really very, very known, not only just in the fight world, but also in Miami. A lot of uh, work that he does in communities, how long he's been representing. He was actually part of that come-up squad with George Masvidal as well. This dude is old school, one of our great friends, training partners, ex-co-workers, World, welcome Luis Baboon Palomino. Thank you guys for having me over, man. Yo, my brother, I really appreciate you being here, man. I, I know we wanted to do this a while back, but you were still prepping for different fights. Yeah. You were, uh, I think you were, uh, you were about to travel to Russia. Yeah. And then you eventually went or no? What? No. What? No, yeah, we went to Russia. We went. Yeah, to, that's uh, right. You did. Petersburg. Okay. Yes. Yeah, right. AC, ACB, right? ACB. Yeah. And uh, so AC, anyhow, ACA now they rebranded. For real? Really? Yeah. So Why, we, why'd they change the one letter? I don't want to get into the details. Oh, that. you know the details? It's ACA. I mean, I don't know the truth behind, you know. I mean, but what, I what, what does it stand for? What does the original stand for? And what is, uh, they, I know that they joined forces with another show, another organization. Smaller was, or, was, or bigger organization? It was, it was big, too. It was like Ackman. I don't, I don't know what the deal was. I don't know. I think they bought them in. I don't know what it is. But they unified all their fighters. Kind of mm-hmm. like when UFC took over uh, Pride. WEC. Yeah. Oh, WWE. Okay, WC. Yeah, WC. True. He brought in. They brought in the fighters. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. More than pride, right? Mm-hmm. Well, WC was always a sister company for a long time to UFC. I think then it, it was just... something similar. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That, so now it's called ACA. Well, how, shit. Well, how, shit. How was it fighting for them? What was your experience like? Um, I mean, it was fun because I love fighting. You know, it was fun because I love fighting. You like to travel? And yeah, that you know, it brought out that part where I can actually go and start getting out of the country and travel. Yeah. You know. I had never done that. I was I was just in the country. So okay. So hold on. Before you, before you go into detail, because I know we got we have loyal fans who know who you are, or we got people in Miami who know who you are. But then we're gonna have a lot of people listening and uh, watching us on YouTube, and and they don't know who the fuck you are. <laughs> so tell everybody, give everybody a little background check. We'll we'll go into your upbringing and all that later. But on the from the fight world on the fight tip, when when did you start fighting? When did this all happen? And where did it progress from there? All right. So started professional two thousand six. 2006, I decided um, I was in the Capoeira world. Gus, were you even born? <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> oh, you you were like 34. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot. 
I told you, get ready. It's coming. Yeah, there's a lot coming for you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, okay. So, and who was uh, that for? Uh, when I, The first fight. That you was, remember? Man, that was EC. Not was AFC at the time, not AFC. A AFC. AFC, Absolute yes. Absolute Fighting Championship. There you go. AFC, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that was my debut. And then when I was 26, I trained for eight months jujitsu and went pro. No amateur fight. <laughs> no hands. I mean, you got street hands and all and that I, stuff. Yeah, but. I, I, I didn't have no conditioning trainer or any idea of what conditioning training was. I didn't have any sparring partners for my first 10 pro fights. Not Jeez. One. I had one trainer that I would do mitts with, and that was my capoeira master. Is that, is that Cesar? Cesar, Okay, yeah. okay. So I boxed in Cali, but I was 10 years old when I boxed. So I was 10 to 13, I boxed three years. Then I came to Miami, and, you know, my dad went to prison, came to Miami, and, like, the boxing gyms were nowhere near. So my mom was like, nah, you're not going an hour away. You know, we don't even know what this place is. So then I continued the fighting in the street. I started fighting a lot because in that time, you know, as you know, those knuckles are ugly. Bro. Yeah, man, they had that, that little <laughs> scars. And he got little weird Appalachian Mountain knuckles. Every, every, every little <laughs> knuckle has a story to tell. So in that time, there was a lot of gang activity, man. Yes, you know, yes, days, yes, man, you know, yes. It was, it was rough. You and I have I've had conversations about this before, yeah, yeah. for and sure. I, I never was one to join one. I yeah. never, I was not that, you know. You right. Know, I'm, a G, you know, I'm a G. Don't fuck with me. Right. But I wasn't like into the game bang and and. I'm gonna jump you, or yeah. so you can be part of. It. I didn't like. I never liked it, so I ended up fighting a lot. Yeah, and people don't understand that when, when you stand up like that, it's not even you're not disrespecting the gang. Right. You're not you're looking for issues, but when you do that, and I went through the same shit in prison. Yeah. They look at it like, oh, you think you that bad? Okay, it's worse. all right, we're gonna we're gonna make you want to join because what are you gonna do when you don't have any backup? You don't have when backup, you don't, yeah. and then bam, you become a uh, fucking real monster. It, it, the good thing was that there was always those older heads, mm -hmm. you know. Like the the old disciples and the old Sabish Pasi that the respect, the respect a, a young kid that was like just not gonna back down from nobody right. from no group, you know. Right. And it came to the point where yeah, you're already fighting so much that it's like just leave the kid alone, man. <laughs> you know, like, right. Don't fuck with him, you know. Right. So um, that was that, man. I boxed in Cali, uh, came to to Miami. So were you, were you born and raised in Cali? No, nah, man, I was born in Peru. You were born in Peru. Yeah, Peru uh, until ten years old. Ten years old, I came damn, you were there for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Twenty eight, twenty eight, twenty nine years. I had no idea. Twenty nine years, man. Shit, do you ever get to go back? I haven't gone back to Peru, bro. I haven't gotten a chance. You have most of your family here, though, right? No, just uh, your mom? my mom and my and my siblings. So you still got plenty of family over there, yeah. or there? Yeah. yeah my I, is this a stupid there. question? Are you allowed to go back, or is um, it? I now that I started traveling. Who's knocking on the door? <laughs> they go ice. <laughs> oh fuck! <I'm> <laughs> but no, go ahead. You thought you were cold. You hot. <laughs> <and you're sweating. laughs> no, um, yeah, it, it took a while to get the whole paper situation figured out. Okay. Um, but finally, you know, like a few years back, I started traveling. So okay, everything's normal now. Everything's okay. But I haven't gotten the opportunity to go back to Peru yet because at first I wanted to go back over there because there's a lot of MMA going on over there. Mm, okay. Yeah, I wanted to fight when I go back over there. Oh, okay, okay. Now things have changed. You know, I'm in a different direction right now as far as you know, fighting for MMA. You know, other things. Right. And you know, it, it just hasn't happened yet. And I want to do like a real trip. I want to do the Inca Trail. You ever heard of that? Sounds badass. Yeah, I mean, Inca put Inca in anything. Yeah, it sounds badass. Go to Machu Picchu. Oh, yeah, that I, for sure. I know sure. what he's talking about. Yeah, the Inca Trail is a week. I want to get kidnapped by some aliens <laughs> up there. Dead ass. No homo though. Yeah. So the Inca Trail. <laughs> if you do the Actual in control, you, you you hike it up. It's a week hiking. That's dope. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a life-changing experience from what people, most people say. Like, Bucket uh, list. Yeah. Mark that shit down. Time. So when I go, I want to make sure that I have a whole week to do that. 
and hopefully to see the family. Okay, so you're waiting for the right time to make right that. Time, yeah. yeah, okay. So then, so you went to Cali at 10, and you were yeah. there, what, about three years before Three you years, three years. I boxed over there. Um, I had a dope experience, you know, with the Mexicans out there, Chicanos. Yeah. And I got some some nice boxing fights. I did, like, 12 amateur fights. You know? um, I don't even remember the record or anything. And when I came to Miami, and I couldn't get to a... I couldn't get to a gym. Um, I used to break dance in Cali too. What? You know what I mean? So that was, I was pretty damn good at it. Right? Well, that, that that obviously had to help your capoeira too, no? Exactly. So that's why when I came to Miami and I couldn't get no boxing going, um, I seen this capoeira stuff, you know? And I seen this dude's playing. You no, know, I seen the movie, Only in Strong. Oh. And, and then I, in my block, there was this kid named Mickey. And Mickey was like, yeah, I do capoeira. I'm like, what? Really? Where? And he took me to South Beach. That's where I met Cesar. Well, that's a lie. I met... Vandelay. Uh, Vandelay was my first Capoeira master. So Vandelay was training with Cesar. Cesar was in Thailand um, recording The Quest, the movie with Van Damme. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't get to meet Cesar. I met Delay. And me being a loyal person that I am, I started with Delay in the six months that he was shooting over there, even though I went looking for him. So when he came back, Delay had branched off to his own thing and named it Aboli Sound. So the tattoo that you see in my arm and where my fight name came from, it, okay. came, from, it came from him. So the logo of the of the group is a baboon. You know what I mean? I was named after the logo because I was the very first one. I've never heard that. Yeah, and nobody has ever heard the actual story. <laughs> you know? But that's that's where the name came from. I was named after the logo. I was like one of the very first, well, I was the very first guy that he had. And uh, I was, I trained with him for like eight years. Straight, Caboeira. And I learned how to speak Portuguese, you know, um, play all the instruments. I became a certified professor. And, you know, over the years, going down was when, uh, you know, I had a fallout with, with that mastery, right? It came to the time of, you know, you're a professor now and you're going to teach now. You know, it came a little, you know, it was a funny little thing, you know. And I ended up, like, looking to grow more. I still wanted to do more. I wanted to be better. You know, that hunger of always improving. Mm -hmm. And Cesar was, like, the one that I was looking at since the beginning. So I went, you know, I had to sit down with him over there. He used to be a, the head security guard at Mangos. And I sat down with him, and I just became a professor, right? So when I explained to the situation, I'm like, look, I want to train with you, blah, blah, blah. He says, you know, he, he tested me. You know? He's like, look, well, first of all, you're going to give me that belt. Because he, he, what, he wanted you to I feel like you're starting you, all over? Yeah, yeah. I didn't give you the professor belt, so you're going to give me that belt. Interesting. I said, okay, no problem. I took it off and I put it on the table, you know? And then he was like, yeah, but you're not going to use the, the belt before that. You're going to use the belt before that. So it made me like a before instructor. So like, just like instructor, then professor, you know. So he put me way back, like two belts back. And then there was this kid, Energy, my boy, you know. Some of the best people that I know today, like we met fighting. Right. And he was his best student. You already know what happened. Yeah, you had a proving <laughs> grounds. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, man? Proving grounds had to happen. Yeah, like it happened. You know what I'm saying? It happened. He became like my brother. And we what movie did that remind me of really quick? Fuck. I couldn't put it together. I was trying to come back quick, but man, that's awesome. Okay, keep going. We, we grew together, man. We grew together. We, we pushed each other. And, right. And we grew, man. You know, we got better. And years passed. And No, not years. Not years. Right there in that time, Sensei Daniel Valverde was teaching in the same gym where Cesar was trained, teaching which was right there on uh, a Lincoln Road, right? Yeah, Lincoln Road. 
It was a little building on top, and he was teaching there. For those listening who don't know from about Miami, he's talking about South Beach. When he says Lincoln Road, yes. that's uh, South Beach, Miami Beach area. So that's this is where all this is going down. Yeah, so this gym was all the way on the roof. No AC, you know, straight up heat. You know, <laughs> but you just imagine, you know. And Sensei Daniel Valverde was teaching jiu-jitsu. He met with Cesar. And the inspiration of fighting actually came from the Asunsan brothers. All right, so if, if you've heard of them, Rafael, Rafael Asunsan and Freddy oh. Asunsan and um, Junior Asunsan, there's two twins, Freddy and Rafael yeah. twins. They have their own school in Georgia, don't they? Yes, yes. They have a, a but Rafael's still currently with the UFC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was ranked, yeah. he was ranked like number two for yeah. years. Okay, yes, yeah, so I remember. Him, I'm sorry, but they did him dirty. Did they? Yeah. They, man, the dude was holding it down. He beats, uh, what's his name? But uh, Uriah beat him. Uriah Faber beat him. No. Yes. No. Did he? Yeah. I know he fought TJ. And then TJ beat him too. No, he no, beat no, TJ. He, he beat TJ. He beat TJ. And then he beat uh, the dude that just fought with Jose Aldo. Marlon. Marlon Moraes. He beats Marlon Moraes. He's supposed to get a title shot. But, you know, he... The, He's a draw. He's, he's what draw. they say. Yeah, he's what they say. You know, he doesn't draw enough, right? Right. So they just kept hanging him there. And they gave Moraes a rematch because they were trying to force that title shot on, on Moraes. And in that shot, Moraes beat him. Uh, he's now Rafael Sosano's <clears throat> fighting uh, Co- Cody. Co- uh, what's his name? Cody. Uh, no Co- Love. Yeah, No Love. Garbrandt. No Love. Yes, Garbrandt. Oh, well, man, that's a good big fight. comeback. Good fight, good fight, yeah. That's a big comeback. But anyhow, so him and his brother so, were there so, with reason. So they, they left the Capoeira world five years. Before I even started, right? They come back to Miami. They left to Georgia. They come back to Miami, and and you know I see a fight. You know that was the first time I went to go see Rafael fight, and that's the first time I see a live MMA fight. And the main event was George Masvidal. Get out of here! Yeah, yes, yeah, so he was a, a main event, and I went to go see my homie. You know that I went to go see Rafael, and I was over Cesar. Right, that was my first fight, and I mean my first fight to watch, watch right? You know, in person, and when I look, you know. Looking at him, because he was like a little brother to me, you know, in the Capoeira, you know, I was a little a little more above. Uh, and looking at them doing it just made it, like, it's possible. You know, that's that's what tells you, like, damn, I know this dude, I train with him, I can right, do that too. Right, right, You know, so that that's why I always thank them. I think, you know, I, I think only in the last year or so, I've actually verbalized that to them, because we don't see each other much, you know, they don't live here. But I, I tell them now, every time I talk to them, I tell them, like, you know, I started because of you guys. That's awesome. You know, like, I didn't know that I wanted to fight like that. You know, I didn't even know it was possible, you know, dealing with immigration, being an immigrant, and, and thinking, you know, you can't even get in UFC, you don't got no papers, you know, like, all of those things, you know, all those factors were right there. So it, they made it look possible. So 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 let's fast forward just a little bit. When, when I met you, and we were nothing even that really, we met... I don't, I don't even know if we rolled once or twice. I think we did conditioning. We did a few conditioning workouts together with uh, Wonky. And, oh, uh, yeah. South so, yeah, so this, this was South Miami Sports. This is where I met George Masvidal. Yeah. And I trained with George. Yeah, we, I trained with him too. Yeah, you did. He was yeah. doing jiu-jitsu with Sensei Daniel Valverde. Exactly. Dan, you know, Daniel Valverde, who's some fucking amazing, by the way. Um, you know, he was he was a jiu-jitsu coach, and ATT had just molded into South Miami Sports Performance. Yep, yep. You had colored hair. <laughs> 
What color was it? Red. Red. Oh, you my pay. gosh. Oh, yeah. And it was a, it was a weird red. You going to talk about me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he had a colored hair, and he was way heavier. He was well, he's, he's shredded fucking Debo right now. I was, I was a little he fat. Was, yeah. fat, but thick. I, yeah. didn't, I, didn't have much, um, I didn't have much muscle structure. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, um, I didn't but start lifting weights to like the age of 24. I could have sworn at that time, Baboon, to correct me if I'm wrong, you, you were like four and two, three and one? Three and one. Three and one. Okay, three and one. So this is, fuck, man, I don't, I'm not going to destroy the year. I, I think it was like 2008, maybe eight. seven. Yeah, like eight. eight. Okay. Yeah. Seven or eight. Yeah. So like 2007 or eight, here you are, three and one. Um, That South Miami Sports Performance, ATT, you know, they had a weird split. Valverde and... Cesar, I don't know where Cesar was in with it, but I know Valverde went to team up with the Noguera brothers, mm-hmm. right? So to anybody listening, the, the the Noguera brothers are very, very famous brothers. They're twin brothers. Big, ugly motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Those are some ogre-looking motherfuckers, man, like straight up. Two sweethearts, though, you know, from yeah. what I hear, great people. Yeah, great people. Um, and then they were, they were, they really led Brazil for a while there. You know, Brazil yeah. was so behind them. But anyway, so they were doing great, and they were supposed to open up their own gym. They were both already in the UFC, or at least uh, Big Big Nog was. So they were supposed to open up their own gym, I think, in um, Coral Gables area, nah, right? It, no? was, it was in uh, Brickle. Brickle, okay. And they were going to do it with Daniel. Now, you you were not part of it, but you were there for that whole no, thing. No, you know, they I drug was, you I with was, it. You I were, was definitely part of it. Yeah. Because like, like I was explaining earlier, right? So then Cesar, you know, for most people that, that most people that know Cesar, Master Cesar, and, and they a lot of people mistake about him, you know, they look at him and they, you know how people judge for, the, you know, the way that you look or the mm-hmm. way that you act, right? Of course. Cesar was that type of individual that didn't have many friends when I first met him. And if he did, they were, you know, very close, very close friends. It was very short amount. So he be, he opened up a friendship with Sensei Daniel and then they realized, hey, you know, we could work together. You know, you have the groundwork, I have the striking, you know. And then Daniel is like very good friends with Noguero. Mm. So in that time, we all became Team Noguera. So it was like, and, and we had Anderson Silva too. Right, part, right, 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 right. But something happened and it fell out where Anderson Silva didn't didn't become a real part. So it was the two Noguera brothers. Um, Mr. Cesar was not yet a, a business partner in that team. The business partner was Daniel. So it was Daniel and the Noguera brothers, and it was called Team Noguera. Okay. That's where everything began in Brickwood, right across the street from the from the center. The new mall. Okay. You know, that's where everything got started. And then, you know, down the line, you know, it they wouldn't come much, you know. So the, the, uh, Danny was doing the work. You know, you don't see them together, brothers, you know, you don't see them around there. They're, they're you know, they're pushing all the work, all the weight. And Daniel says I decided, you know what, man, you know, let's let's do our own thing. And Daniel came up with the name MMA Masters. We were all trying to think of one, mm. you know. And at this time was when I was already, let me see, I was already champion, I think. I was already holding one belt, I think, from, yeah, from uh, Connecticut. And that's when Bellator came with the very first 145-pound tournament. Right, okay. Know? So that's that's the first time that I even thought about I'm going to 145. Because I started fighting at 170, man. Jesus. You know, like I was telling you earlier, I didn't have no sparring partners. I had no conditioning trainer. You know, all kind of Peruvian zero, food. Zero, zero wrestling. Zero, zero wrestling. All I did was jujitsu and striking. And, you know, I was fighting people in the cage 
that were a good 15, 20 pounds over me, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't understand. I didn't know anything. Right. First fight, a minute, 23 seconds. Second fight, 25 seconds. Third fight is when I noticed, because this was Jeremy Stevens. You remember Jeremy Stevens? Yeah. He ended up fighting at 185 in UFC, in the UFC house. For, for anybody listening out there, you're going to hear a lot of name drops, <laughs> because deadass baboon has fought some super notable guys who are famous, almost got a little bit. He's fought who's who of a lot of different states, a lot of different countries, so keep that in mind every time we come back. So he just mentioned Jeremy Stevens. Jeremy Stevens just had a title match. Right, mm -hmm. he went for the title, right? Oh really? Yeah. UFC, yeah. He gave him a title match. Oh my bad. No, not Jeremy Stevens. No, 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 no. Who? Jeremy May. I'm sorry. No, Jeremy Stevens is short. Jeremy May is six foot three. Oh, my bad. It? No, I spar with Jeremy Stevens in Brickle in okay. Team Nogueira. Okay, cool okay. Cool dude. Cool dude. I've never fought him. I fought uh, Jeremy May. He was in the Ultimate Fighter house. That, yeah, no, I remember that. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. 185 pounds. So that's when you felt the weight you difference. You couldn't even cut down to 170 no more, man. Wow. Bro, the, 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 the day I found out about weight cutting was in my third fight. It was with him. So look, do me a favor, and you guys can both do this because you guys know weight cutting a lot better than me. I mean, obviously me doing MMA, I know weight cutting. But as a wrestler, you know weight cutting for a whole different original reason as to where weight cutting kind of came from, in essence, to an extent. And... You, as an MMA fighter who also did jiu-jitsu, MMA, all kinds of different sports, uh, uh, combat sports, explain to the people listening, what is weight cutting and why is it done? People hear a lot of like, what the fuck you mean you cut 15 pounds, 20 pounds in two days, three days? How is that even possible? It's, it's so foreign to them. So you guys take the mic on that and explain what is the benefits of weight cutting? How is it done? I mean, if anybody can explain it better, is the actual wrestler here. You know, Gus is the well, actual wrestler here. The, o, the OG, this was a, a wrestling coach I had of mine that told me the like the ancient reason, like like the the like old school history lesson on weight cutting is they used to obviously the Greco Romans used to wrestle naked. Like that's they did that on purpose so they wouldn't hide like knives and weapons. Okay, and they were at their natural form, and then they added clothing, and they felt that they were added weight, so they would cut to whatever they weighed in at naked. So they would cut weight like that. Oh, so and that just never became, heard that story. Yeah, so pretty then interesting. Over the years, so then over the years, they're like, man, if I cut, if I lose more weight, then I'll be stronger. So and so on and so forth. It, it is where it is now. Okay. Yeah, that's fucking great. Mm -hmm. I, I hope if anybody you know, reads this or sees this, yeah, le a leave a comment on that. That's, that's pretty cool. That I like old, that. Old, that old school Cuban wrestling coach gave me. How the fuck the youngest motherfucker here pulled out right? that 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 legendary <laughs> shit, huh? <laughs> but um, okay, baboon. So now bring that to the MMA world, and, and, and Gus knows this as well as being an MMA fighter. How how is that done? Cutting weight. What is what is the average fighter? How much do they cut? And what is the benefits to it? Why are they doing it? Well, well there's no benefit to cutting weight. That's 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 all for it. I mean, it, it came to a point where people started looking at it. Like, I'm gonna be bigger that day. It came to a point. You know, we're like, I'm going to be bigger and stronger that day because instead of fighting at 170, which way I weigh, I'm going to fight at 155. So I'll be, I'm going to dehydrate myself, lose X amount of pounds, and next day I'm going to just blow back up and I'm going to be heavier than him. He's going to feel my, 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 my weight. My weight. And I'm going to drain him out. <clears throat> and you know what, man? I've lost some fights like that. I've lost some fights. For cutting. Wrestlers. No, not cutting. Just fighting bigger people. Oh, right. They, they, they were just heavier. Think, they think did that. It, I'm fighting 170, my first few fights, right? Mm -hmm. And... and I don't weigh 170, man. I was like 168, 169, 167. Right. I fluctuate, right? This guy, Jeremy May, that I was telling you about. 190 pounder, for sure. Easy. For Six sure. Six foot three, 190, yeah. easy, right? So then in the weigh-ins, the dude is with a sauna suit running back and forth. What the hell is this dude doing, right? 
So then after the fight, I didn't knock him out. I knocked my first fight with a minute 23 second knockout. 25 second knockout my second fight. My third fight was into, went to the decision. And I, after the fight, he was all super cool. You know, I asked him, hey, why, why you had a son of Sue on yesterday? He's like, well, I was just cutting my last five pounds. No, what do you mean your last five pounds? Like, yeah, man, it was cutting weight. You know? So I asked him, how much do you weigh? And like, well, tonight, I'm like 185, 187. And then I'm like, and yesterday? Like 190-something, 195. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, no wonder when I went in the cage, I looked at him, and I'm like, dang, he looks bigger than yesterday. Right. You know? And and I think that when it comes to the wrestling and grappling exchange, the smaller person's going to get tired faster, man. Muscular-wise, at least, you're going to start to fade when somebody heavier and bigger is holding on to you and you're exchanging force so so pause there so to go back to what you said <clears throat> it, there is no benefits well that's supposed to be the benefit yeah from my understanding cutting weight favors more a grappler somebody who's going to like to put that weight on you yeah. so he's going to walk in lighter because when he naturally blows back up to his original weight you're not you're well depending on how much you cut you're not going to naturally go back to that. You were just cutting your fats out. You were just, you know, lowering on your carbon and you dehydrated a little bit. This guy wants to put his hands on you and you're going to feel that weight. You might be faster than him. You might be more explosive than him because he's naturally heavier. But if he grabs you, you're going to feel it. You're going to get tired faster, man. Right, right. Okay. And then, and so right now, well, when you finally kind of kind of got the hang of it, or you after the Jerry May fight and, and moving on, I fought a couple more. I fought maybe like one or two more uh, fights at one seven one seventy, and then we dropped. We started dropping to one fifty five. How tall are you, uh, Bubba? Five eight. Five eight. Yeah. Okay. So when I dropped to one fifty five, like right away I became champion. You know, like I started like really putting it on, and then I went and there was a time that I did like four fights in less than two months. Ooh. Damn. Like if you look at my record, so I went. I went to Connecticut and I fought a guy there that was five and zero. Oh, he was the champion, and I took his belt. And then I came back to Miami, and I fought. Uh, what was his name? I forgot his name. He was nine and zero, oh, five knockouts and five submissions. All in, I mean, four submissions, five knockouts, all in the first round. Never went to the second round. Ooh. And I came. That was the second week. That's a scary opponent to come up against. <laughs> yeah. So I I fought in Connecticut. And two weeks later, I came down and I fought him, and I knocked him out in thirty-eight seconds. Damn. You know what I mean? And then I went. Now is this is this is this becoming trendy because you you I mean you like to bite down for people listening. Bite down meaning hey, I got a good. I think I got a good jaw. I can take a hit, but I'm gonna bring it. You like to bite down and throw some haymakers, so you were catching them, or you're very precise at this point, and you got a mean right hand. At, at this point, I, I I'm different. You know, in the beginning. It was like, I was straight out of raw out of the street, you know? And I was straight up raw. To, to me, it was like, I'm going to step in there, and I'm going to hit you first. And that's all I can think about. Yeah. Like, I'm going to hit you first. I know that when I touch you, you're going to go down. Because I had, I had trust in my hands, you know? So later on, I started learning more and and started adding the kicking a little more, you know? And that's when I started with the... The calf kick that everybody uses today. Yeah, man. I video proof, man. Nobody started that before me. Listen, and if anybody wants to argue that, <laughs> I, I challenge anybody listening or watching, do whatever research you can. I don't know if it came from any other country. i never seen it. But I know here in Florida, I know here in Miami, it was, I can't say that it was baboom. Maybe you can. But I know it was MMA Masters that made it blow up. And then I heard it was baboon. 
who was the one who blew it up because I saw it in your fights against seventy like, percent of my fights. I won like almost that. everything at World Series of Fighting. Yeah, you were known for that bomb, calf kick, calf kick, calf kick. So, but I think Ricardo's gonna argue with you when I say Ricardo. I mean Ricardo Lama is one of one of uh, Baboon's best friends. He who lives in Chicago, still fights for UFC. Um, he's gonna say it was him. Nah, I nah? I showed him. You showed him. <laughs> Look yeah, how he said it. it. I mean, we, we showed him. Look, it wasn't even my invention. Like, let's be honest about it, right? It happened as an accident, bro. So in, in Muay Thai, everybody hits a thigh. Everybody <coughs> kicks right. a thigh, right? Everybody low kick to the thigh, low kick to the thigh, right? Mm. So one day I'm sparring with John Kelly. Big dude. Almost, all my sparring partners were 170 pounders, man. John Kelly. He ain't no 170. That guy's way bigger. Yeah, well, they fight at 170, and they're like 190-something, 200 pounders. Right? Those are all my sparring. Those are the people that I sparred with growing up, right? Uh-huh. Um, I'm sparring one day with him, right? And I accidentally kick him on the calf. I didn't catch it. I'm not going to take the full credit. I didn't catch it. Cesar caught it. Cesar's like, you didn't notice in the break. He says, you didn't notice how his calf is? Like he's barely putting his weight on it. Kick him down there again. I said, okay. So I go over there, and boom. And that was that. Was that. The birth. It became, yeah, that was the birth of the calf kick. After that, I always aimed at it, and I perfected it. It's the way that I whip it in there and yeah. the spot to hit it on. And you've seen now everybody using it. I used it against Masvidal. And I think that's when it started to go out. Because I fought Masvidal before he fought in Strike Force. Mm-hmm. Right? And I I would say a good 70% of that fight I won because I took out that leg. You know, he was hurt for a while. You know, I won a decision against him. But he went and uses the same exact kick that he had never used. Against uh, the dude over there in Stratford, what was his name? That boxer, KJ Nunes. Yeah, K, K, KJ Nunes is uh, a yeah the, the the white boy who had the slick yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah, he pretty much won the fight. Look at the fight, and from then on, I started seeing it popping out here and there. What's up, crazy world? You got to be a little loose upstairs if you're following us, but if you're not following us, what the hell are you waiting for? Listen, go ahead. Stop what you're doing. Pause. You can come right back to this. I want you to subscribe. Go to YouTube. I want you to go to iTunes. I want you to go to SoundCloud. I want you to just find any platform that we're on. Follow. Listen. Show your love and support. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. Let's get back to the podcast. So, yeah. So, you then you... Well, it was it was KJ News. That's KJ what it was. News, he had yeah. that slick hair yeah, back yeah, 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 Okay. So, that was before George fought him or you fought him as well? No, 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 no. George fought him after our fight. Right. Okay. And he used that kick, man. George used it or AJ yeah, did? No. Jay, George used the kick Shut on the fuck up, yeah. yeah, bro, you got to watch the video, man. He hurt his leg. He hurt his calf. Damn. I, mean, I wouldn't want to do this research. That's dope. You got to think about it like this. I went to go visit uh, ATT, right? Okay. And I sparred with uh, Pitbull. Thiago Alves. Yeah. Right? I'm a fan of Pitbull, right? Mm-hmm. I sparred with him. You know, I was good with hands. Street Fighter, you know, I probably had my first two fights, you know? And... Because Sensei Daniel was still connected with ATT. Yeah, okay. ATT is the one that brought him to the country or something like that. I'm not sure. Something like that. Um, and the dude lands a low kick on my leg, on my thigh, like everybody else, Muay Thai style, right? And I'm like, damn, that hurt, you know? And then I realized, damn, I can't do much after that, right? So that's when I started low kicking, kicking the leg, and I became really good at it. And then the accident happened. Right. But I never seen nobody kicking nobody's in the calf. Right. Nobody would do it. Nobody would do it. And after that, I'm, I, mean, I would say, because Masvidal has always fought in a bigger crowd, in a bigger show. <coughs> the guy has done, look look where he's at now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think he just had that opportunity to have that size viewing, you know, where people are like, oh, did you see that? Right. And, and then people, other people started using yeah, it from I, there. I believe that I it get spread it, it out get to it. him more than anything. I get you know? it. And I, and I think that's the, the possibility of that is so, so true. It's like no one ever seen a super kick until Anthony Pettis did it. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's ever seen a, a, a thigh punch until I saw it with Ben Henderson. I don't know who else used to do you it. You Romero? Before Ben Henderson? I pro- Yeah. I think so. Possible. Um... And then you got some other shit that people do that you never seen, and and unless the only Josh lo- Josh Saman with the, <clears throat> Saman, Saman yeah he was Smash. crazy Saman and, and the, yeah the double fist yeah oh, man, he was crazy. shout out to Josh rest in peace um, yeah man that's the man <clears throat> he used to double fist yeah he used to, bro he would do that to TKO like three people like that shut you know? the fuck up yeah man he'll, yeah. Get, he'll get both hooks on top of your um, back <clears throat> of you and just double smash like some Hulk shit that is crazy that was crazy I, got, I gotta look that up too man so um baboom. When do these uh, bigger fights start coming out? I know that at some point, you, I know you've held multiple championship belts. You had, at, at what point did you have the most? I've, I've collected four. I, I, you um, had two simultaneously, and then you got another one later, and then another one later? Yeah, I got started with the first, the very first one was the one over there in Connecticut, that dude that I, that I knocked out over there. Mm-hmm. And, and then it was, oh, XFC, man. I, uh, I found an XFC too. Remember XFC? You know, in Tampa. XFC? I know what that is. Yeah. yeah. And Kuwait, I, uh, I fought for them too. Yeah, I took the belt from... They they Jerry transitioned Carter. into RFC. Did they? They split. Is, is XFC still around? No, I don't think no. so. So I think most of them went to RFC. RFC is the bigger thing over there. We fought for them a couple of times. So, and they, they have a good... But So you got a belt from there. Yeah, from XFC. Um, CFA, right? CFA. CFA. Yeah, CFA. And I should have two belts from CFA. Because I have the 145-pound belt, right? And then I asked to fight for the one fifty five pound belt, and I won. I should have both like simultaneously. Was that against that that black dude? Yeah, we had that yeah, war. So His name was War. War something. Uh, uh yes, uh, something War. Warfield yeah. or whatever. Warfield, yeah, Warfield. yeah, James, yeah, Warfield. James, James Warfield. Warfield. You guys, yeah, that was a yeah, good fight, a, bro. I, I mean, I didn't understand this. This I think is, is a stupidity, you know, from the commission. Because, come on, man, look, how the hell, right? I make weight. No problem. And because I'm fighting in a heavy division, of course, it's, yeah, I never, I never miss weight, okay. regardless. But I make weight. I show up. I beat the guy. I don't get my belt. I, I, I believe, right? If you show up and the guy shows up heavy and he wins, he, can't he doesn't get, get his belt. But if you do. But why punish me? <clears throat> you know what I mean? I made weight and I beat the heavier guy. You should give him a damn belt, right? Haven't we seen that? The UFC has done that before. Yeah, they don't, yeah. They don't make yeah. it a title fight. If yeah, one person right? misses weight, it's no longer a title fight. Jeez, I think they got to change that. But man. I thought I saw one where, or it might have not been UFC, but I agree with you. I should have five belts right now. But you know, that, that's also, they, they might want to, they might want, they might want to pay cut you on, off that. Did they pay cut you? No, they pay you the same. They pay me. They pay me like if it was a title match and everything else. Yeah, yeah. The, the give up the change. fucking title. It's your organization. I mean, I didn't, I'm not the one that violated any laws. Right. Sure. Why, why, why should I get punished? I did my work. I showed up. I won against the bigger guy. You know, I think they got to change that. Uh. If people don't know, CFA was has had a lot of good fighters. Colby Covington, yeah. Ashley Evan Smith, you. There's a lot of good people. Who well, come they, out of, they did promotion. pretty good, man. From what I understand, where, where they fucked up was they paid you guys too well. <laughs> like, you were just starting off, and you were getting a 1000 a 1000 For people listening, fighters, maybe it changed a little bit, but not really. Local places, when you show up and you show on weight and you do what you're supposed to, you start at 300 
And if you win, nah, it's way more than that now. No, no, no. no, then it bounced to four and four. Then it went five and five. That's nah, more than that now. Yeah. On a, on an average. Yeah. yeah. And, and to begin with, and to begin with, right now, people, you know, fighters are getting starved right now, man. Like, I, I don't think it's right. I think the CFA had the right idea. Yo, that, com- combat night is not starting you off at anything more than four and four, bro. Yeah, they are. You might have got a different offer, buddy, but yeah, they well, do not. Well, you know, you, it, it comes down to the fighters too. Who are you dealing with? Who's, yeah. yeah, who's, who's got a popular? Who's actually putting asses on seats right. to begin with, you know? And what kind of what kind of fight are you bringing into the show? You know, so but I think I think that the whole underpayment is is really it's really bad right now, man. Compared to those days when I was fighting here. So what, what, once you had those belts, your next step was wasn't World Series of Fighting yet? Didn't you go overseas first, and then I, it became World Series of well, Fighting? No, I didn't go overseas yet. I I, I got the call for UFC. At 145, when I was fighting 155, and I said no, because I I didn't want to, I didn't want to cut down to 145. I wanted, um, I wanted to do 155 in UFC, and if something went wrong, you can you have that. You, do you regret sense. saying no? I I, I yeah, I'll probably be the biggest thing I regret, because I said no to that one opportunity I had, you know. And yeah, I've beat many people that have gotten there and. People that are, I fought, many people that are still fighting there, you know. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't. Um, I already beat you to it. I already drank it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, that was a mistake for me. You know, is that uh, is that one thing you would give other fighters advice if you get that call? Take it. I'll take it, man. You know, because it's the biggest platform. But only for that though, for big big platforms. I, I think you do it like this, you know, because the similar thing happened. To one of my training partners, and I'm not even mention his name because you know I don't even talk to homie like that. But uh, the same exact thing. So like, advice for fighters, man. If you have somebody that's been you know around you in your gym, you know you know in your vicinity, you know that has been around the game long enough, listen, man. You know, listen if you want to get further. Because if I'm training like right now, you know, like for example, the last few years I've been training with Young Tigers Foundation. A lot of kids over there. Humble, you know, hungry, you know, uh, you know, low income, right? And and I speak to them a lot. I talk to them. They come to me for advice, you know. But it's like, why would you make the mistakes I've already made? You know, like if if you're not if you're gonna keep making the mistakes that I've already made, then you know you're in the wrong place, man. Like, take advantage of what I'm telling you because I actually lived it and I made those mistakes and it got me zero. You know. So how many of them have actually listened to that advice and yeah. you've seen, you know, them implement it? Hey, one, one out of five, you know, one out of ten. Maybe. You think it's pride that makes them? No. Uh, I think it's ego. A, a, a ego in some of them. I think it's just plain ignorance in others. You know, if, I, if I was to say something. They're not ready to, some people are just not ready to grow yet, man. Yeah. Let's see, I'll see. Yeah. So that's going to go with what I was going to say. And it's not, I don't even know who you're talking about or whatever, but. I think, I think, at, the end, I think the of, at the end of the day, I think it's just immaturity. Immaturity. Okay, so with this dude, right? You're inexperienced, you're immature. No, no, you hit it on the point. It was immaturity. With this dude, right? Because he gets the opportunity to fight in CFA, right? So he gets the opportunity to fight in CFA, and they offered him, I think it was like 5K, right? And this dude is making like 500, 500, right? And they offered him Alexis Villa. Mind you, this dude has mentioned before that he's Alexis Villa's Wrestling style is very old, that he's a better wrestler, or his style is newer, that he can beat him. He's said it before. Talked himself when, up. Now when the opportunity presents itself, <laughs> yeah, it was short notice. Okay, 
Like that's how USC is gonna call you. It was short notice, so that's why I look, man. First of all, you're making less than a thousand dollars a fight. Okay, he was I think like three or no or four or no or something like that. All right, you're gonna get an opportunity to bump up not only the money but a better platform. So this is a fight that you have what two three weeks to get ready for. I understand. Let's say you lose, but you give it all you you give it all you got. It's a four fight deal you just signed. Get ready for the next three for real. Mm. And who's to say you're gonna lose, man? Right. You know what I mean? Is this you, who I think it is? I, uh, ask Adam I know. I know. I gotta know. I know. I know. I don't mention no names. You know. So that pissed me off, man. And and we kind of fell out after that after a while of that because mm. he took it personal. But I'm like, man, it's like it took me years to make that kind of money. You know, and it's not about the money. But it kind of is about the money because you have how many fighters today, right? That I went through this, you know. You you working uh, security, bouncing, and and fuck, man, you gotta be all, up all night to go and train all day. You know, yeah. man. it's hard, man. And yeah. then you got kids, forget about it, man. It, Miami is one of the most expensive cities in the world, man. Hundred percent. You know what I mean? So it's like if you're not making some money, like like I literally sponsor myself, man. I fought out of the love. You know, and I sponsor myself. Man. It's like I made some money, yeah, but I didn't make money, money. You know, right. like like I literally like would fight to the next check, and yeah, I have some extra, of course, you know, but it was like sponsoring myself to just keep fighting out of the love of fighting. You know, of course, always with that dream, that hope that you're gonna get that big fight, that check. Right. You know, but man, you got you got to be able to balance everything. It's not about the money. But it kind of is, man. You have to be able to find that sweet middle and take the opportunity when it's handed to you. Right. If they come knocking on the door, hey, you're going to fight in this better show, which they already pay better, you know? It's a plus-plus, man. The only thing that you're going to lose is a possible fight. So you got three other fights in the contract. Now, let me ask you, you know, when you say that, I think, um, how can I how can I compare that to me feeling that way when, when someone knows better based upon what you've taught them, what you've influenced, like I can, I can go on a rant about this, and I'm not. But could you could you somewhere there admit if if it's true? I'm kind of assuming. Could you somewhere there admit that it also bugs you because in some shape or form you put a lot of time and effort into mentoring, training, influencing him. Every bit of energy, especially if you got a pretty decent relationship with him. Yeah. You know, hey man, always be ready for this. Do that. Do that. Let's go a little bit extra. Let's go harder. Hey, get off your ass. Hey, go to sleep earlier. Whatever the fuck. That's a lot that you're putting in that never gets accounted for. Yeah. Never, ever does get accounted for. And as coaches, just as coaches, mentors, coaches, big brothers to, to you know anybody who's, who who needs it, you you, you that end you're not doing it because, but that end grateful token that they give back is succeeding. It's doing yeah. what you help them reach, get, reaching higher platforms, you yeah. know, and things of that nature. So when they don't, especially when it's a great opportunity. I think somewhere there you're like, motherfucker, are you kidding me? What the hell did I just put in two years of this and that all up into you for you to pass this up? So you're gonna so you're gonna be one of those typical motherfuckers. And then it just kind of rattles things. Yeah, man. I mean, I got you living in my crib, you know, like I had an apartment. Oh, that's even deeper than damn. I had, I had that a, changes. It, it wasn't for so long. Still, but whatever. It was tournaments coming up, you know. I had other guys, you know, good friends still to today. I just don't want to put people's name out there. But you know, in CFA, I was like one of the biggest draws, mm-hmm. right? And I was the champion, and and I was getting paid pretty much well. But I sold pretty damn well myself. Yeah. I would literally pay myself. I sell from my own hands like fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars worth of tickets. So like, you know, like, that's yeah, literally like you know like 
I've even sat down and be like, hey, you know what I'm saying? We gotta bring it up because you yeah, know, yeah. Look, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I was I was a pretty pretty big draw in Miami, man. And and um, and I remember, I, you know, when I started, I didn't have nobody, bro. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have no training partners. I didn't have a sparring partner until my like seventh, eighth professional fight. So I always wanted that team. So when MMA Masters came together, it was like even the big two hundred pounders, one seventy pounders, you know, all those big guys. Everybody was my little brother, and I was older than everybody. No, and I, and you know what? <laughs> but you had that reputation. I remember you had that reputation that Baboon was the top leader at MMA Masters. You, was, you were right I was, there. I, was, I mean, beneath you know, obviously the you know senseis, whatever. I was the first guy, so I was the, I was yeah. the older brother. You know what I mean? Everybody would come to me for advice, and I try to speak to people and, and help them. And so I had, you know, the um, the CFA had tournaments, and I had a couple of the guys from the gym. I said, "Look, man, I know what it is." to be on a mission, driving here, driving there. Uh, you're in a tournament, focus on your tournament, bro, just come stay at my place, you know? And I had, my apartment was, like, right there, next to, you know, downtown, you know? And, and and I had them stay over there and, you know, and help guide them, and some of them did well and some, you know, whatever, you know? You fall short, you fall short, but when you don't when you don't put the effort in, then that's different, you know? That's yeah. like when somebody gives you all that, their efforts, the least you can do is try your best, to, you know, yeah. to complement your efforts, you know? But uh, but hey, but we'll leave that alone. So anyhow, so you went to uh, after CFA came. Oh, so then when when the when the, I passed the UFC, uh, the opportunity, and, right? Yeah, the opportunity. Uh, World Series of Fighting came up. Okay, you know they came up and um, you know they were just looking for somebody for Gagey, man. You know, and uh, they saw something in me, and um, I signed with World Series of Fighting inside a, a what was it a four fight deal, and. I came in. Who was the first guy that gave me in the World Series? Wasn't it? Was it wasn't the guy that you knocked out? Well, the spinning back kick. No, no. You went against a wrestler, jujitsu guy. <clears throat> who, who you no, took, no, put no, put no. them hands well, they on came them. Came to Miami. That was before Gage. They you came know. to Miami. It was uh, what's his <clears throat> name? Um, the older dude, man. He was he was a legend himself. Macaco. Oh yeah. Macaco, yeah, George Patino. Okay, I'm not yeah, sure who those guys dude, are. Dude, it's like he fought Pele back in the days. Okay. Ago. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Patino had man, he was he was good, man. And uh, I beat him right there in the Hard Rock, and I finished him. You know, and then I finished. Oh, then they gave me a wrestler that ended up getting into the UC at 170, and he was 9 and 0 when I got him. You know how things happen, right? So I'm like, I'm beating all these hard heads and these big dudes. And I would just see people that I beat, keep going to UC. I beat them, go to UC. I'm like, why the hell does that work? So I fight this other guy. He's 9-0 undefeated wrestler. And I fought him in Vegas. And I knocked him out in the first round. I knocked him out, was it the first round? Yeah, in the first round. I, I went to go through a high kick. See, I remember that. And the knee tapped him. Yeah, because we the way that we trained that left high kick was knee first. Because he shoots in for everything. Exactly. So say if he doesn't catch the foot, he's gonna catch the knee first, and he went right into it. Boom. Now, what I remember that fight correctly, and and you know I know that we're straight up with each other, we're very you know honest with each other about everything, but especially the fight game, you you outstruck him because you knew he yeah. was gonna you knew he was gonna come for grappling and everything, yeah. but he tried to strike with you, but you fucking dominated. Yeah. You were floating. You were all over hands in and out, and you knew he was gonna get desperate, and then eventually you caught him, and everything happened. When you fought Gagey, I think it was after that one. Yeah, that was that the they, one that got me the title fight. Yeah, they gave you the title fight. And in my opinion, if I remember correctly, at first, you're whooping Gagey. You're, you're not 
destroying his face, but you're whooping him. You are just out striking him, and I'm I'm flipping out. I think I recorded this. I think I have it on Instagram. I'm flipping out, and I'm like, yo, do your thing, bad boom, blah, 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 all this bullshit. And then I think Gagey caught you with a good kick. It kind of pissed you off. On your, on your, on your knee, that was already messed up. No, no, this, this is what really, what really happened. Gage is a fucking beast, man. Yeah. Gage is a that beast. That white boy, man. take boy, it and man. come some more, yeah. man. Watch, Spy is, is not probably, it's the toughest fight I've had in my entire career as far as like, you know, back and forth. Right. And this kid, man, so what happened in that fight, we both, if you look at the video, the very first fight we had, we come in and one thing happens. We both throw a low kick. Blang, blang. Okay, so my ankle part hits his chin. Oh. I have picked my ankles like this. Oh, shit. So that's the first thing that happened, first round. So he takes away what? My weapon, man. Yep. And he uses my weapon against me. Yeah. <laughs> that's my weapon. You know? But you were beating him up before he did that. Well, no. The very first thing that happened, we kicked. That's like the, foul. the whole fight starts like that. We go in the first round. We both throw a low kick. And my, my ankle right here hits his chin. And I was like, damn. So I was like, just taking the pain and just brawling. Oh, that's right. That's when it began. You know, and this dude, man, no matter what I hit him with, he just recover and just keep coming forward like. You had him. And then you yeah. went for the fucking knockout a little too sloppy. Yeah. Oh, he had and, him. And, and, and in the second round, he realized yeah, that the back and forth is getting. You're, you're winning you it. You know, yeah. Yeah. And he started going with the low kicks, man. Yep. He started going with the low kicks. And, and I didn't have. Like my ankles were so messed up, I couldn't even yeah. check the kick. I couldn't even put my weight to check kicks, man. So I keep eating them. You know, people are like, "Why isn't that checking?" I can't even put my weight on the leg that good. You know, like my ankle was like that. For so, for people listening, checking a kick, or for those who don't know, checking a kick means blocking. So blocking, when when yeah. you when you block a kick, typically you like to turn your your lead leg. You like to turn your lead knee slightly outside, maybe about forty five degrees, so that you're you're attempting to have their shin, which is where the kick is coming with. Their shin hits your kneecap. That whole big knee structure, you're gonna win that fight. Kneecap or the shin? <clears throat> yeah. Shin to shin. And yeah, or shin to shin. And better than getting the thigh. <laughs> but, but you don't want that to hit the outside of your leg in any shape or form. Hit the muscles, hit the tendons, and any of that. And um, so when he's talking about checking, in order to lift that leg and turn it outside, you have to put, you have to direct your weight to your back yeah. leg. So he he could not shift the weight to his back leg in order to lift the front leg to block. There because of the injury that he sustained in, in round one. And because of that, he had to just sit there and yeah. take some mean-ass kicks from an angry white boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he finished me well with the low kicks. He finished me yeah, the I remember kicks. you fell at that third, point. Huh? Third round, I think it was. And then so so then after that, by the way, I think that got a, you know, then you had fighter, we, you had fight of the year. Yeah, fight, uh, fight of the year. Fight of the year. We broke NBC Sports ratings. Records. Right, yes. We broke the records. It was the first time my, my name ever trended. I was trending. <clears throat> and it was huge, man. So I'm in the, I'm in the, you know, I'm in the airplane, and I come back home, right? You know how you feel after losing the fight, right? Of course. And once I land in Miami, my phones go, you know, all the texts and you know messages, and I'm like, what? You know, I'm reading this stuff, and I'm looking at it, and my whole family, you know, like everybody's out there waiting for me in the airport, like like never before, like, and I, I didn't realize how big the fight really was. You know, I just thought, damn, I lost my fucking belt, you know? Yeah. I lost a chance to get that beautiful belt. You know, it's going to be my fifth belt, right? And 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 then before I even get out of the airplane, the president, you know, he calls me, Ray Seffo calls me. He's like, hey, look, you know, 
She's talking about the president uh, of the of the company, not yeah, not the president, president, yeah, folks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that uh, president Ray Seth was the president of WSOF, which is now named PFL. Right. He calls me. He literally just told me flat out, "Look, we're doubling your contract, <laughs> you know, and we're uh, giving you a rematch." And I was like, "All right." So I put a smile on my face. I can literally double. I can never had any organization do that for me. So he literally doubled my numbers. Damn. To resign a for another four fight deal and start with a rematch. But you didn't get the rematch right away. Yeah, I got the rematch right away. Yeah, you did. I thought you did the tournament. Like five months later. Then I went in the tournament to fight Oh, again. shit, that's right. I forgot. Because <laughs> he, because Gacy was like, I don't want to fight Palomino again. <laughs> that, boy, that boy keeps putting too much of a hurting on me. And then, and then the second fight. That was the fight that I messed up. In that fight, that was where I really messed up. Because in the first fight, I wasn't as conditioned. Second fight, I have no excuses, man. No excuses. I was well conditioned. He didn't take out my leg. Cause I was I was good, right? He literally got me, and it's, and it's the only fighter in my forty three professional fights that has ever got me. You know, like which it can happen to any fighter. Anybody. I lit. I and I look at the tape over and over again. I throw the same combo over and over again in the pocket. Man, if you see the video, he has both arms. He's yep. covering his face like this. Yep. yep. He's not even looking where he's going at all. But it's the same combo he's receiving. He's going boom, 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 yep. boom, boom, boom. And when in one of those, he went boom, 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 and he threw the overhand, landed. Boom. Now, was my lights out? No. I wasn't lights out. I got I started to get up and separated them. It was already fighting. Stopped, right. You know, yeah. Then we were fighting in his in his camp, you know, in his city. But he got me. And, and if you guys want to know about Justin Gage, you're right. Oh, I right. heard him before that though. Right. You what? you heard him? I know. Yeah, I heard him yeah, he was wild. Yeah. yeah, he was yeah, wild. So I know. Yeah. You know, um Gagey Gagey is I think I don't know what his rank is. Justin, the highlight gauge is now number three. He should have. He should have. In UFC. Honestly, he should have fought Conor McGregor yeah. on his comeback, not Cowboy. Yeah. Because Gagey should be next in line for the belt out of the winner of Khabib and um, Tony Ferguson. Yep. And that's that's just it. Everybody knows this. Anybody who's a fan knows this. So if Conor really wanted to grab his nads, he should have came, fought him, and then who wins is automatically the next one up for the winner of the belt. Um, but that's just how badass Gagey is. He's been in some wars. When he went to the UFC, he got beat twice and and bad. But that guy is still a gangster, still very known, still the same type of fighter. Might might move a little bit more. <laughs> I don't know. He's you know he's he's just he's got dynamite in his fucking hands, man. That kid's got dynamite in his hands and a, a chin heart, and a heart a out this heart. world. He a takes a whooping and stays in the game and comes he's back, there bro. To fight. Yeah, yeah. He's great to watch and everybody knows that. He's probably got another give give or take depending on his success or failure. He's probably got another two or three fights and he's gonna walk away. He made it seem like he was before, but now yeah. he's got a belt opportunity so yeah he's there I yeah think, I so think i think we're gonna see him for a little bit i think he's gonna fight connor next mm. connor's coach said I he he wants to see that, to see that. connor's coach connor's coach said yeah. it. callahan said it's not up to me it's up to connor but i would love to see a fight against gagey why do i think that's the better fight well now we know nick diaz is gonna go against whatchamacallit i thought connor would have had a better fight with nick diaz while waiting for khabib because it's a trilogy I think it's a way easier fight. Not to not to disrespect Nate Diaz, but I think it's a way easier fight. And um massive amounts of attention because of the trilogy. But Callahan said that he wanted Gagey, and I think his reason is because we Gagey's susceptible to good hands. You got good hands. You you hit him and, and Connor's a sniper. Gagey will stand there with you. Yeah. He's an awesome wrestler, man. But yeah, he, yeah. He wants to get into a Bro, Bro you, you're right. Like, you're right. His name is perfect. The highlight, yeah. that's his name. You know, but 
I think if they really pick in that fight, because of that, because they believe Connor can pick him. Can you know he's a sniper. Yeah, exactly. Sniper. He can pick, you know. Mm. But then again, it's gonna take more than just one good one to get get you Casey. down. We have we haven't seen just Gage. one. You've seen him getting go down from what from a knee? Bro, no, no. Gacy has taken punishment. Exactly. Stay right there. You don't see him with a one-punch shot. Nah, nah, doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. I can take a hit, man. Yeah. So, anyhow, so then after that, you, you did the tournament again, and then um, you, you came up short. You beat one, and you came up short in the next one. Yeah. Um, then I believe you went overseas. Then I went, in that time, I had recently separated from my ex, and I was coming out of for the first time, you know, ever, out of four losses in a row. Whether, you know, two against Regeji, one in the tournament. I mean, it's three fights in one night, right? I lost the second one. Um, and then I fought again in, in, in uh, over there. In, yeah, you uh, got robbed yeah. somewhere. Yeah, that, that was bullshit, but whatever. Um, but it's four losses. In my so I'm looking at my record, I'm like, damn, four losses in a row. So, you know, got to change something. You know, you can't get a, you know, something different when doing the same thing, right? Right. So I made a decision, man, because my son um, was living with his mom. And, man, that, that woman. Anyways, that, you know, <laughs> yeah, bro, it was, you know, like, she literally would just take my son away, you know. And, like, I wouldn't see him for months and stuff like that. So whatever. So in that time, I said, you know, let me just give him his time to be, you know, with her. <coughs> and I'm separating from this woman. I said, I sold everything. And I said, you know, I need to change something. And I, and I went to, to New Mexico. I was I was I was aiming at alpha male. I was gonna go to alpha male, and you know I I don't know. I think it was a old sponsor of mine that directed me more to New Mexico, <clears throat> and um, I joined Jackson Wing Camp over there. And within what was it six months? No, eight months, six to eight months. So Jackson Wing Camp is one of the best camps. Man, Got amazing. a bunch amazing. of amazing yeah. fighters. Yeah. A lot of them in the UFC. I loved it. Yeah, did you? I loved it. Nice, bro. Um, <laughs> the city, however, <laughs> it was perfect because Albuquerque don't got shit to do. Yeah, come, I mean, when you coming from Miami, man, exactly. You know, but it was perfect because mm-hmm. you want to focus on something. Yeah, you got no distractions. Yeah, I was always in the mountain. There was this mountain called Sandia Mountain, like thirteen thousand feet above oh. sea level. You right. know, I, man, I loved it, man. I loved it. And then I, where um, were you shacking up? Uh, in the gym. They have dorms. Oh, they do have dorms. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah, that. Okay. Yeah, fighter dorms. Yeah. yeah. Like ATT. Yep. Yep. And uh, I came to the point where there was this Russian dude that works there in the office. And he's the one that got me into AC, ACB, which is now ACA. And then ACA came for the first time ever to the States. And they did their show in California. And I haven't been to California since I had left California. So I was like, oh, hell yeah, I want to go fight over there. So I fought this dude that was like on an eight-fight win streak. He was supposed to win this fight and go to UFC. That was it. Like, everything was ready for him. And he was like the nephew of one of the owners of the organization because the dude came in, right, and they wanted to change the contract all of a sudden from 145 to 155. And I was like, no. Like, it's like I land in... in in uh, urban California on Monday, we're fighting this Saturday, and, and you want to change the contract by ten pounds? <laughs> like, wow. like, no, I've already done my whole diet, you know, like I'm ready to go. And and then they kept forcing and forcing and forcing it, and it's okay, one fifty. And I'm like, 
Look, man, if he doesn't make weight, he need to give me 20% of his purse. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. He you didn't know, make weight. You know, they didn't want to disclose how much he got paid. Oh. So he was he was their front page. He was their... You know what I'm saying? Like, he's the nephew of one of the dudes over there. You know, so it's like... There was money there, you know? Right. So they didn't want to disclose. They didn't want to do it by percentage, whatever. And then I think we landed on... We landed on, I think, like 2000 or something like that. What's going on, beautiful people? Just want to take a moment to thank everyone out there for tuning in. We continue getting so much love and support and appreciate every bit of it. But on that note, if you're a new listener or simply someone who's interested in following our journey, please take a second to subscribe to our channel or download whatever necessary app in order to never miss a show. Also, why not give us a follow on Instagram at blacksheep305 and at Gus Mill. Again, we truly appreciate all the love and support and look forward to continuously giving everyone listening a different perspective. Now let's get back to the podcast. Yeah, man. So that elevation training, when I came down, this guy is taking me down. You know, like I told you before, like people, especially a bigger guy, right? And and it's taking you down. That's going to suck some life out of you, man. Damn right, yeah. Especially when you're not a wrestler. I was never a wrestler. I didn't start wrestling until I started fighting pro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, So like if you're not conditioned to do that up and down and exchange, up and down and exchange, the one that's going to wear out is you. Man, I was so well conditioned. Yeah. That it. I just made, I got him tired of holding me down. So when, so uh, explain the fight real quick. How, what round was it first? First round. So he was trying to take you down the whole time? You were already, you already exhausted in the first round? No. No, he oh. wasn't. No, no, Baboon wasn't. No, he saying the other guy, the other guy he was. He just kept holding me down, holding me down. I just get up again. I get up again. And then the guy was fading away. You know? Gotcha. And, and that's when I clipped him. You know, I clipped him with like a hook, I think it was. And some knees and I finished him. Pop, knock him out. So every time I go around a, a new fan that follows me or, or, or somebody that knows me that follows me, and it, man, just just the other day, the, the restaurant you were telling me about that I had a gourmet dinner, Yeah, I was at uh, Pabelli's, right? So this dude is buying some tickets for my fight, you know, upcoming fight next week, and he invites me to Pabelli's, and he works over there. He's like with well, general manager, and he treats me and my girlfriend, right, whatever. And uh, and he's like, hey, man, I just wanna, been, I've been wanting to ask you this for a because he follows all my fights, Right. And I, this is like the first time I see this dude in years, you know? So I'm like, I just wonder why, that day when you fought the Russian, <laughs> and what happened? What did he say to you? Because in the end of the fight, the fight's on YouTube, right? If you see the fight, his name is Musa Kamanaev. He says, in the end of the fight, he comes to me. You know how people come and they give each other a hug or something, right? Right. So he comes and I put my arm around because I think he's trying to hug me, but he's grabbing me by the shoulder, going like this with his finger, spitting saliva into my mouth as he says next time I fucking kill you what and I just looked at his dude and said pop and I popped him in front of the commission in front of everybody our camera's still rolling is this in the middle of the ring this is in the middle of the game before they even <laughs> announced you and said congratulations yeah <laughs> <laughs> we gotta look this shit up I knocked him out I walk away from one side of the cage to the other side of the cage and if you look really well right you see a mouthpiece flying right by me. So yeah, through his mouthpiece. Oh, hell no. Yeah, bro. I still have his mouthpiece. I took it with me to Russia. I, and I never saw him. I was going to give it to him. But I never saw him. I'm like, yeah, I got your mouthpiece. Oh, I didn't know they brought him from Russia for yeah. this fight. It was the first time the ACB oh, came shit. to America. They never okay. came back again. 
they haven't came back to America again. So you fucking hurt the paper boy, man. Right. Well, and, and you know, you know, I think it, it had to do with the the dude that they trusted on. That guy did a horrible job man, of uh, advertisement and everything. Man. You know, one of the, one of those guys. But I think that's what happened more than anything. This dude, however, was uh, suspended from fighting. So I thought I was gonna get in trouble too because I was at the moment I wasn't thinking because. The guy stuck his finger in my mouth, man. He spit yeah, in my that's, mouth. That's it. So I popped him. And at that and, point, you have the right it, to. Yeah, and the commission separates it, blah, blah. And the commission said, no, no, I saw it. He tells me, no, no, I saw everything that happened. It's okay. He, he And I know everything that's been going on with the waiter and everything. Don't worry about it. He's going to get suspended for this. He doesn't suspend him. He can't fight in the States. Fuck him. <laughs> Yo, to want to throw your mouthpiece at somebody is, is damn near as disrespectful as just spitting on them because your mouthpiece is full of your fucking spit and you're throwing it at somebody. Like it's not like it was a decision, bro. That's, he got knocked out. You know, like, calm down. Yeah, dude. Like, what, you know what, what are you mad at? Did you do something illegal? Did yeah. you, did you, no, he just mad yeah. that you won. That's it. So, okay, so that happened, um, what, a couple years back or how long ago was that? Yeah, it was a few years, man. Yeah, three. So after that, that had to feel good because, you know, like you said, it's hard to you know come back from these losses. Yeah. It's, it's something different when you take a loss, like let's say to the Gazy because it was so big and you did so good and then, yeah. you know, you had the injury. It's a little bit easier to bounce back from that, but then you had the other two. You're like, fuck, fuck, now it's four. You get this win. You're reinvigorated. What, what follows? Now you go so, to Russia? So now, yeah, so now I have this, uh, this contract with <clears> them. I have three more fights left, and they flew me out to Grozny <laughs> to fight the dudes, like, training partner. You know, and you ever been to Grozny? <laughs> <laughs> Shit sounds cold and ugly. <laughs> I don't even know where that is. <laughs> no, 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 not to me, no disrespect, you know, but but uh, yeah, it's like it's that Chechenian, it's like a Chechenian part, you know, like I don't even know what that is. Huh? So you know how the the, the Russia's like two parts, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's like the Chechen Republic, right, and then the other side, right, and this side is like very like very strong in the Muslim religion, you know, and all that. You know, is that president? What's his name? That Putin. No, no, that's the that's the cool one. The other one that Putin's cool. Well, yeah. Compared to the okay, <laughs> compared to the other dude. All <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, the other dude in those videos of him on YouTube is like, we don't want no gay here. Like the the, the president man. said, we can't have no gays here. Oh, you gotta see the YouTube videos, man. It's Damn, yeah, bro. It's like uh, whatever. You know, it's their thing, you know, their religion, you know, how how, how they live. But you, so you did, did you get to do anything interesting over there? Like, oh no, man, I, I I didn't, not there. I didn't have no, you know, that was literally just you're in the hole to fight, you know. And they had like, man, they had their own thing, their own plaza, their own everything, bro. Like, you know, ACB is that dude's organization. You know what I mean? He's like a big fi- fan of MMA and stuff. I don't know his name. Um, and so when I went down there and, and I landed in the airport, and the guy that picks me up, he's like, baboon, uh, don't look a woman. Oh, shit. Don't touch woman. Don't play with woman. God damn. I'm, like, I'm good, bro. I'm just here to fight. You know, I'm just here to fight. And it's like, it, I only had like two pairs of shorts. You know, I brought jeans and stuff. You didn't think this and, one out there. And they're like, uh, pants. Only outside, no shorts outside. So like, even men can't wear shorts. Damn, bro, I can't. can't no. Give a motherfucker a heads up notice. Yeah, I didn't know <laughs> nothing. Did I they? Know. They tell you why? 
No, he just told me what it's it is. It's part of the belief. You, you didn't see when UFC went over there to, uh, what's this place called, Abu Dhabi, that uh, Matt Sarah and and uh, Dean Thomas, they, they came out of their lobby in this extremely rich, whatever the fuck, hotel, and, and they stopped them and paused them and, oh, what are you doing, what are you doing? Because they had shorts on. They made them sit down and they said, don't walk anywhere. And they went and grabbed a big blanket and they laid the blanket over their fucking knees as they sat down and said, don't go anywhere until we find you some pants to put on. No way! Yeah, that's dude, crazy. that's crazy. I didn't know that. Look at that's that. that's. I guess that's a strong belief of theirs. I don't either. Either it happened there because we're too fucking rich and bougie over here, and we're not allowed to walk around in shorts because of the hotel, or that's just something of that belief. I don't know. I don't know if it attaches anything to Muslim. I don't know, or if that's over there in, in the Asian countries. You know, the the, the far west, uh, far east. You know, I, I don't know, but it's funny that you're saying that because that's immediately what I think about. You know, when they told you that, damn, what an awkward way to. Get ready for a fucking however yeah, many days you're there. It was weird, man. But um, you know, I, I'll tell you this much though: the, the the people are really fans of the fighting, so you know they had a lot of respect. You know, I I. Wait, so did you go to the store and go get pants? What'd you do? No, man. I, you could wear pants in the buildings. Shorts, in, shorts in the building. You can't wear it in the street. The shorts. You can't wear shorts in the street. <clears throat> you can wear it while you're in the building. You train okay. your room. You know that. Like, so I wasn't going anywhere. So. I had two jeans. <laughs> That's crazy, though. And was it cold or no? It wasn't that nah, cold? No, no, it wasn't like in summertime. It wasn't, it wasn't cold. It was so was this the guy that you fought when you when we were working together? And I saw the video and the guy just held, he got his takedowns but did nothing? Now, this one you nah, won. No, nah, nah, not that one. Not that one. This, oh. this fight you won, right? This was his teammate? No, I I lost that fight. I, I have a third degree tear of my PCL. All right? And I'm sorry, and it wasn't the first fight. I had fought a Brazilian first in St. Petersburg. Yeah, that that was after the after, guy you knocked yeah, out. Then you I, won I, that I, one. I, yeah, I knocked out the guy. I beat the guy in St. Petersburg, and then I went to go fight this dude that is the number one contender, and whoever wins the fight goes for the title next. Okay. And he was undefeated, and uh, training. I've always had problems with the left with the right knee. Right. I had a partial tear of the MCL. And two weeks before the fight, I tore my PCL, like a full tear. Right, so that's the ligament that holds the knees from going forward and back. Okay. So like it has, it's like an X ligament, right? So this side is all off, right? And that's the first time I ever take a cortisone shot. You know, like I've never done that. Right. So I took a pain blocker because I was like two weeks from the fight, and like can barely like move and walk, whatever. So then I started moving around, but. The blocker works so damn well that you think you're okay. Mm. And then I aggravated my patella tendon. Oh, man. And I strained my ACL. That's the problem with taking shots like that. Yeah, I didn't understand, right? I didn't. I thought I was okay. Right. So I kind of aggravated my ACL, and I had a swollen patella. Uh, and I had to go fight like that, bro. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to back off on the fight, so I'm going to go fight like that. And like that, I lost the decision against the undefeated guy, and it was such a show that gave me a 10K bonus. Fuck Yeah. Know, fight of the night, ten k bonus. And over there, they give it to you in cash, don't they? Yeah, I always got paid in cash. And <laughs> you got you flew over here with. It. Yeah, <laughs> you never, you, you've I never done that. It, I didn't have it all. <laughs> <laughs> this guy spread it out for sure. <laughs> well, there's ways. Of, there's ways of doing yeah, that. I, I, I was, it wasn't just me. I <laughs> you know what? To be honest with you, the, 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 the cap, the cap. From my from my understanding, the cap is ten grand cash. Is the most you can have on you when you get on yeah. a flight. If that, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then there's even other ways around it, depending on where you're going. If you're just like, yo, I'm gonna go, 
Like if you're going to Vegas, you could probably yeah. take more. I pay know. taxes on it regardless. So yeah. So um, okay. So anyhow, did you feel like he actually did beat you? You, you weren't mobile enough. You didn't do enough or something. I I, I couldn't sprawl whatsoever. Mm. He did take me down a couple of times. Um, he didn't do any damage. Right. You know whatsoever. Like I, the way that I went, I left. You know, not even a mouse, nothing. Um, I couldn't really put power behind my right hands. You know, I I would say he won the decision. You know, it was very close. Okay. But yeah, he won the decision. I would say so. You know. So then, what came after that one? Well, that that wasn't when you were with us. There still came another one, right? No. Then I fought. This guys fought too many for me to keep track of. Bro. Yeah, man, I, did. I fought a couple of Russians out there, man. <laughs> uh, then I oh, then I went to Slovakia. And you never got to enjoy any of these places. Slovakia trip I enjoyed because we, we fought in Slovakia. But an hour away from Slovakia is uh, what you call this. Uh, it's my favorite trip out of all those trips over there. Uh, I was never good at geography. Arnold Schwarzenegger. What's his name? Oh, Holland. No, is he? He's Dutch, isn't he? Schwarzenegger? Isn't he Australian? Oh, no. Austria. Austria, Austria not Australian. Austria, Austria. <laughs> so we were like border. I was, looking too, I was looking stupid until you said what you just said. <laughs> I knew it was Austria. Then you, then you beat Austria, me. Austria, Austria. Yeah, you're right. You're Austria right. is beautiful. Is it now? Yeah, okay. I was in Vienna. Okay, Vienna nice. The, man, I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave, man. I, was at the, I, was, I did some seminars out there, even after the final state for like another week. Man, the food. What's the most? What's the longest you've stayed at one point? At one time? Yeah, two and a half weeks, probably. Okay, that's good. No, I love that one. That was my favorite trip out of all of them. The food's I good. Just, I would say, yeah. What man. type of food is it? Um, I have no clue what. Like, what. okay, so you know the um, what's it called, Milanesa? Mm-hmm. We eat here. That's where it comes from. So the Milanesa is like that, you know, the baby cow, no? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I was just about to ask you guys, what's, yeah, what's and Milanesa? And like, like breaded, like the breaded steak. Okay. I mean, that is a mistake. Okay. Yeah. Oh, is that what it is? I yeah. suck at my name. Okay. Uh, bruh. So, you know, over here, you got to buy the organic. Everything over there is organic. Mm. Every, you know, so, you taste the difference. Man. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I still can. Oh, that was really good. And then, you know how in Miami, there's coffee stations everywhere? Mm-hmm. So, in Vienna, it's like that. There's coffee everywhere and hot chocolate. Good coffee. And croissants and their chocolates. Don't start talking about Jesus croissants. Christ, man. Croissants are evil. I'm hungry. I'm a little hungry too. Have you ever had the? the I asked if you wanted me to order food. <laughs> we'll get some need after this. Yeah, Baboon's gonna get tortured in, a, in about an hour or so when he goes. It wouldn't even phase me. Because nah. uh, when I was, you know, Cesar and Daniel, and it, they would always like I'm conditioned. They were always eating in front of me, and I ah, we get used to it. But um, have you ever tasted uh, almond croissants from? From, uh, I know this is going to sound fucking weak as hell, but I guess in my journey of always trying to clean up my diet, which, by the way, let, let me give a shout out really quick to uh, the Yielding Seed. Uh, they just became a sponsor of mine and with, with meal preps, and, and that's dope. I'm ecstatic about that. because the, the name of the meal prep? Yielding Seed. Okay. The Yielding Seed. Um, it's difficult, you know, when you got a busy schedule, especially as a fighter and, and then doing multiple things. Not that I'm an active fighter anymore, but the podcast, my job, my dogs, whatever the fuck. And, and but I do really strongly believe in eating healthy. And um, by the way, you know I, I know Gus is gonna be on board with that. We also got news about the management and all that. Um, but um, I'm always trying to clean my diet, and I'm pretty damn fucking good. Even though my eating is a little lame, I'm pretty good. I don't mind to eat some bullshit if it comes down to it. We can go to the local bar and I'll get a burger and fries and won't think twice about it. Yeah. But um, consciously, I try to I try to eat well. So I haven't I haven't <laughs> I haven't had a croissant. 
Bro, you guys gonna think I'm lying, man. Once I found out, I how, think that's the best bread. Like, anything yeah, of course. That's like Once I found out how not poisonous, but just how fatty. Like, literally, the two worst things you can eat as far as the combinations that they have in them and why they're so bad for you is pizza and croissants. I won't give it up, though. They are top three, top five. So ever since I read that, I barely eat pizza, but I would, but I never eat croissants. Pizza. But I guess they're phenomenal. If you're going to put another croissant... Do, go me, go where? You're going to go to True Love. You're Is this here in Miami? Love? Yeah, man. True love. True love. You, here, you already got me. <laughs> you just ask for the almond croissant, don't say no more. That's it. I'm addicted. Like, literally addicted to that croissant. Is there is it possible to make yeah, croissants? Yeah, but now I'm a, I'm gonna put you on now, and it's even closer. It's called Specialty. It's right in front of the fair, or by FIU. They have Dulce Leche croissant, Nutella oh, croissant. Christ. You guys are ridiculous. Yo, I, I, I shout out to Alvin because he put me on oh, that yeah. place, and it's fully organic. It's a vegan place. Yeah, organic. it's organic too. It's fire. If you want a special treat, especially during your fight camp, that's it's. Yeah. What what exactly? We were talking about cooking earlier on. For, for those listening, Baboon is a is a. He's a very inspired, you know, uh, cook. It, you know, he's not claiming to be the best. But he's definitely a foodie, but uh, he's got a he's got an amazing girlfriend who who's like a just a walking chef. You know, she's one of those very gifted people. Um, I myself, my mom was always a fucking chef, and even though she never was, she's just still a bomb. So I like to cook. You like to cook. We we both love good food. We were talking about that earlier. Let me ask you this in case you know the answer. Maybe you know it, Gus. I don't know. Um, is there a healthy way to make a fucking croissant? Can you do it with like 100% whole wheat flour? Or man. no, that would kill the texture. It's not possible. Man, look, I think it would kill the texture. Yeah, man. Right? Look, look, my mom can cook. My girl can cook. I can cook. Baking is a whole other monster. Yeah. Oh, word. Yeah, I, I don't bake. I yeah. Would, I'm going to buy my croissant. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna buy. I don't try those over there too. Damn. Well, shout out to that man. Now y'all gonna make me do it one of these. One of these days, I'm gonna get blasted and go fucking get some of that shit. But whatever. So anyhow, let's fast forward a little bit, Baboom. So you were you were contemplating walking away from MMA because of the injuries. Um, because you had you know people when you get ready for MMA, there's so many levels to how much you have to practice. And if you're on a professional level, you have to practice even more and harder. If you're on the elite level that Baboon is at. Every guy he's fighting is a fucking up and coming, non uh, undefeated, you know, soon to be world champ. You you heard about us talking about it. So many people who fought Baboon are in the UFC or made it to the UFC. So it's another level of training. You you literally and, and some can argue how much or how often, but you literally are probably doing two practices a day on average, not every day, but on average three or four days a week. Those entail that's wrestling. A, that's that's rookie numbers, dog. Oh, that. I know you're right. You're, I get it. MMA two to three times a day, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I know. I, I guess I guess I didn't want to say it like that because then people are gonna be like, "Come on, bro, you're exaggerating." Monday through Sunday, I'm no, yeah. Well, it depends on the camp you're in. You know? As well, yeah, yeah. You're right. I'll stand behind it. I don't think any other sport trains as hard as, as uh, no. As, as it's I not did. possible. Oh, yeah, impossible. And then so now th think of the levels that we're talking about for anybody who doesn't know much about mixed martial arts. You know, this podcast is not an MMA podcast, not by far. But I love when we got great fighters like Babu and we get to you know kind of you know, use this platform to tell people a little bit about MMA you have you have the stand up which is considered striking okay stand up as in striking that can be anything that's striking karate kung fu muay thai boxing or everything mixed up which is what you want to be the ultimate warrior in the future is going to be a fucking ninja they can do it all then you have the grappling aspect of it the the, the wrestling grappling aspect of it now that there's different levels of wrestling, Greco wrestling. Um, you guys know more uh, freestyle, freestyle. But basically, that means I'm trying to put my hands on you and somehow, shape, or form, get you to the ground. 
that's the, the second level, okay? I got to put these hands on you, and I want to get you to the ground. Then you got jujitsu, and that's when you're on the ground. <clears throat> you're either pulverizing somebody or you're keeping control of them while you look for some type of lock submission or whatever. Three different levels. Then you have your workouts. You're, you have to maintain a certain amount of power, strength and conditioning, certain explosiveness. Certain, then if you get hurt, you have certain recovery. Bro, it's nonstop. It's difficult. It's a full-time and, job, man. Yeah, and it, and it tears your body up. It tears your body up. And, and Baboon, right now, even though you don't look it at all because you're in phenomenal shape, how old are you again? 39. 39. This boy don't look nothing like 39, man. Um, so you decided, or at the time, you were contemplating maybe not doing MMA anymore, but you were going to do boxing. And I remember you were going to go pro boxing. You started fighting some local fucking undefeated bad motherfuckers here in Miami. And they ain't local. They're, they're known. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. They're, they're actually not local at all. They're nationally known. They're champions, world champions and everything. You've, you've done good with them. They built your, uh, your confidence up on that boxing tip. Now the training is different. It's 20 times easier for you. Yeah, man. Oh, I, don't, I don't want to say that it's easy, but... Bring the mic a little bit to your to yeah, your. I don't, I don't want to say that it's, it's, it's actually easy because I don't want to put like anybody's. But I understand here. what you mean because that's what that, I but see. But it's so much less exhausting, man. It's, yeah. like, it's oh. less stressful. Yes. It's less exhausting. It's. Man, like you were just saying, look, MMA. And it's in one location. Striking class, exactly. Uh, Jiu-jitsu, wrestling, Jiu-jitsu with judo, strength and conditioning. You gotta go run. You gotta go swim, like. <laughs> It's nonstop, you know. Mm-hmm. Boxing is like okay, now I can get in there, but I'm a, so like when when it came to the decision, it's like I've lost my last few fights. I haven't gotten beat up. Yeah, I know. Right? I know. So, but I'm losing decisions. You know, some of them I don't agree with, but I'm fighting the guy in his backyard in another country. I know when I sign the contract that I have to finish this guy to win this fight. I know this exactly. Okay, so I take the part of the responsibility. But in the truth is. When I go and spar with somebody, like right now, you tell me, okay, you're going to go and spar with Justin Gagey, Conor McGregor, you, you name them, whoever you want right now. So we're going to go spar. That means I'm going to put on my wrestling shoes, my knee brace, right? My gloves on, you know, everything, right? Spar with wrestling shoes? Yeah. Bastard. I prefer to. I, I hate never, people who I do never did it. I, I never do. Did it it hurts. Before. I never did it before. Well, I have to. Yeah, because of your toe. I have a toe. I have a toe. <laughs> the toe, hell. I laugh because <laughs> Gus knows what's up. Rick Lamas always makes fun of my toe. I know. I have a toe. because All of this is partially my fault, man. You know, because I haven't... I'm 39. I don't have the time to be like, okay, I'm going to just take a year to do this surgery. I don't have the time. Right. You know? So I have a toe that I have bone fragments stuck inside that joint. So it doesn't bend upwards. Mm. So if I throw a right hand or if I try to shoot like a wrestling shot or a sprawl, that toe doesn't bend. So if I have shoes on, I have, you know, the rest of the fingers that bend, the, re- the rest of the toes, right? So with the shoes on, I can sprawl, I can torque my right hand, turn and pivot, you know, like I can shoot in myself, you know, I can, you know, it's, I can do everything else and have my knee brace. I can so, the, so, the, so the compression from the shoes, from the wrestling I shoes, can, I can <clears> do allows that. MMA, right? Now, take up the shoes, take up the knee brace, and I got to go and fight without it. I have no torque in my right hand. I have no sprawl. I, have, I can't even shoot it on you. I'm boxing MMA fighters. So that's why I made the decision, you know what, let me do this boxing thing. Right? So boxing was my first love. But I don't want to say the boxers are scared, but I've been offered last-minute calls, 10-0 boxer, 15-0, 20-0, 22-2. I've gotten names, and I've gotten records, right? 
And I say yes. And they say no. I'm not going to say they're scared of me. They're, they're just being smart. because right, with their career. Yeah, because what do they get? They know you're a legit-ass threat. Yeah. So what do they get out of beating a 39-year-old <clears throat> with a 0-0 boxing record? Mm -hmm. That you look up on YouTube and like, oh, shit, this dude got some power behind his hands. Yep. He got his balls in the right place. You know, he's dangerous. <laughs> yep. Right? Yep, yep, you know? yep. So like, okay, so they beat me. What do they win? They don't win anything. And if they lose, they lose big. Yep. So I could understand. So that's when the other side came out. You know? and, th and that's where we're at right now. So um, this weekend coming up, today's the 8th again, and 15th, day after Valentine's Day. Are you going to go on a date with that guy or what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> for one second, I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Which guy was Which guy? Wait, yeah, I, I don't did I tell you about that guy? What's I tell you? Don't say anything. No, I'm playing with you. Um, but uh, the day after Valentine's Day, the 15th, um, bare knuckle. Okay, so we have a bare knuckle organization over here. It is really popular. It's all over the TV. It's actually becoming. I don't know how popular. I don't want to talk it up with, with with fucking up the numbers, but it is raising in popularity immensely. A lot of UFC fighters, ex fighters, are going there. Basically, it's not where oh your career is over. Go there. No, it's again the body so tore up. It is too difficult to continue training at this point. The MMA training. But everybody can do some, let's just throw hands training. And these guys all been throwing hands for the last 10, 15, 20 years. So they're going over there and they're putting on amazing fucking fights. I mean, yeah. some a little too bloody for others, but, you know, it is what it is. This is where it all originated from, bare knuckle, organized bare knuckle fighting. That's where it all came from. What's the, rule, what's the first rule of a fight club? <laughs> there is no fight club you know what I mean so and this is where it all came from bare knuckles and um, you're going back to your goddamn roots and like, like like a lot of fighters have and it's a ginormous card because they have some of the best of the best and it's going to be on there first we got a, a mutual friend of ours you're a lot closer to him you're a lot closer to him right now you actually train with him Gus um, UFC veteran Bellator veteran this guy was an animal this guy was known for Bellator knocking champ. mother Bellator champ. Yep. That's right. I forgot. For a minute, was undefeated. I think 22 and 0, 23 wow. and 0. Yeah, for a while. Super known from Miami. Came from Cuba. His name is Hector Lombard. So everybody knows who Hector Lombard is for the most part. He's headlining the, the, the fight. The co main event is Jim Allers, another super, super known local who also fought in the USC, also fought across the seas, also a great fighter, um, has his own gym down here. He's undefeated in bare knuckle. I think he's three and zero. Three and zero with three knockouts. And he loves doing it. That good. boy's meant for that shit, doing man. Good. Yeah, man. He's doing great. Really happy for him. And then you are number three, right? You're a co co main event. Yeah, yeah. So you're before the co main event. Um, fuck. Who's your opponent, Babu? Uh, Elvin Brito. I'm not sure. He's also fighting bare knuckle a few times. Okay. So um. The dead man. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then and then you got uh Yuli uh before you. So we we got some hometown representation going on with fucking animals, dog. I swear <laughs> to God, I can't wait to tune into this shit next week. And when you and guys hear this, you're in the tournament, aren't you? Yeah. He might he might fight Jim Allers next. Oh, I know. I thought about that, dog. Uh, oh man. Not next next because uh you would move up. We're, we're in a different brackets. Yeah. So we agree that we see each other. We see each other at the end. That would be absolutely. But it's, isn't it? Epic. Isn't it? It's four people in total. No, it's supposed to be three fights. I seen a post like that. You know, yeah, kind of confused me a little bit. That's that's what I'm talking about. There was two. It was two. I, I signed a contract for three fights. So you fight somebody now, you win. I fight, I win <clears> then you fight. then you find the winner of, of whatever, and then whoever wins that, you go fight the other bracket. That's, that's what I was. Talking. And that's what Jim is supposed to be doing. He fights, he wins, he fights, he wins, and then you guys see each, see each other if it happens. That's the contract that I signed. 
I guess I think, we'll get nah, some I think it's you guys both win, then you fight each other, and then you got two other. Well, we'll forget. Let's not we'll let, Yeah, we won't confuse people listening. But regardless, um, it's going to be your first, not your real first bare knuckle fight, but it's going to be your first fight for the bare knuckle first organization. Legal. Yeah, first legal. <laughs> first legal bare knuckle fight. Um, tell us a little bit about how you're feeling, man, how the training's been going, who you've been working with, who's going to be in your corner, you know, and, and all that good stuff moving forward. Man, I feel amazing, man. I, I feel so, I mean, it's, it's a hunger that doesn't go away, you know? Right. It's like that that animal that never really went to sleep. It's like awaking all over again, you know. Um, every morning you wake up and you want to get that push going. You know, you feel I, like it's a new motivation since it's yeah, something. Yeah, you know, it's that like it feels new, <coughs> and it is new. It is it's new. A brand it's new different. Record. It it's is a brand new record. I'm oh and oh. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so debuting is something that uh, you know is actually like my shit. You know, this is my shit. This is how I started. Um, as far as who I've been working with for the last almost five years, I've been working with Tigre. Shout out to Tigre, uh, Eric Castellanos. Eric Castellanos, Eric Castellanos, the man. Castellanos. Yeah, five-time kickboxing world champion. You know, he's been trained so many of those fighters coming out of... You know you know, we're going to get him a fight there, right? Yeah. You already heard, right? And you know who he's going to fight. No, I'm not saying Well, he's that. talking about maybe Margarito, but I don't know. I don't know if it'll be Margarito or it'll be... Maybe somebody so, before that. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. It might be somebody <laughs> local, too. You don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but shout out I to Tigre. So, so Tigre is an amazing guy for people listening. That he's been... Uh, you know, I had a long, great a great talk with him when we went to the media day when yeah. you were when you were over there when Gus shitted on you that... Remember that day? <laughs> okay. Anyhow. <laughs> but... um. I had a long talk with D. They had a great talk, and we were talking about his possibilities of fighting and everything else. And, yep. you know, we were mentioning people that we mentioned on the podcast in the past from uh, Paulino, Manolo, uh, we mentioned Caesar, we mentioned, you know, everybody. And I didn't know the whole, and of course, everybody's going to say they have their own story, but I didn't know the, the 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 beginning, the beginning of it all. And he gave me, like, Wes, oye, yo era el primero que, que llegó aquí. Yo era que, mira, me voy a... He was just, founding at LA Fitness. He, <laughs> He gave me the whole breakdown. It was great to hear those details. I never heard the details. I always heard little little wish washes from different different you know, people. He's Thirty five and one as a professional, and that one loss that he has, he rematched the guy and beat him. He told me that as well. Yeah. So he, and he, right now he's he's forty seven or fifty. Fifty one. Fifty one, and he's looking. This guy still trains with his fighters, still spars, still looks great. Look at that. You see, so he, he's uh. <laughs> What's going on, you crazy mofos? Thank you once again for tuning in to the Black Sheep Perspective. I can't tell you how grateful I am for everyone's support out there. Please keep spreading the word. Do not forget to follow me on Black Sheep 305 on Instagram. Follow the link in my bio so you can log on to the platforms that you choose, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, or many others. Or if you'd like to watch the video as well, hey, why not go to YouTube, see how we act a fool, see what we got going on, see how these ugly faces look on camera. <laughs> and also, guys, I want to give a big shout out to Live Colors, my brother Lenny Lastre and the company over there showing so much love over here with the many things that I've been getting printed out. You guys got to go show him some love. Go check out that site if you want anything printed out. And if you're trying to keep your diet on point, do not forget about the Yielding Seed. They are one of my new sponsors as well. Meal Prep Company representing South Florida, keeping me on point, making my life a lot easier so I don't have to overly focus on prepping my own food. Thank you to them. Thank you to you guys. And hey, let's get back to the podcast. So you're not, you, so you're going to do this bare knuckle. By the way, let's give a shout out to them real quick. The, the actual uh, plug. I don't know. Do you know their actual handle? The bare knuckle handle? Uh, bare knuckle FC. 
Bare Knuckle FC. Bare Knuckle FC. So, you know, pe- people listening, please go check out Bare Knuckle FC. Again, it's, it's really blowing up. It, it's very well organized. They pay the guys pretty, pretty fucking good. They got a lot of, you know, top guys going over there. I, I think it's, I don't know, dude. I actually think it's going to blow up. I was, yeah. It's weird. I, I have a lot of people. Up. I have a lot of people who don't know about fighting. They're like, yo, what about that BKFC? That thing looks like it's going to yeah, blow up. Dude. Hey, they had an article about it. I don't know if you've seen it. Then. We posted it on Facebook, right? And it's like the next billion dollar combat sports um, promotion. That's crazy, bro. Smart. So, so for those listening, again, it's bare knuckle. That means there's there's nothing you can throw except punches. The only thing that's considered legal, and please correct me if I'm wrong, Baboon, you've been told the rules, you can do a one-hand clinch behind the neck or head if you're actively throwing punches. Yep. You, you can clip behind the head if you're actively throwing punches. Yep. That is it. There's and that's, no, that's good for people who have crazy clinch game. Yeah, you know, guys who practice Muay Thai and transition into that. Oh, even God. Muay Thai wrestlers as well. Yeah, you're right. That's been his main thing. Exactly. Shout out to Jim on that. He's he's been. Yeah, holding that's how he knocked out the last guy. Yeah, exactly. So um, and then that's it, guys. There is no wrestling. There is no going down. There's no kicks. There's no knees. There's no elbows. There's and how no long? Knock- how long? How many rounds? How long are they? Five two minute rounds. It's a good decent amount of rounds. Yeah. Brother, if somebody can go five. There's two minute rounds. I don't think has there, there been actually, anybody yet has gone five yeah, rounds. Yeah, yeah, Lobov and uh, what's that? Jason Knight. Yeah, Jason Knight. That's right. Oh, that is true. They that's had a disgusting war. Was, yeah, they looked like they were both dead. That was trendy, man. Maybe yeah, that trendy, yeah. that's right. So, <clears throat> anyhow, now Baboon's gonna go fucking do work. He's gonna go in that motherfucker and and, and do his thing as well. And then uh, hey, man, if you go against Jim, you go against Jim. One thing we know how the fight game is. You know, there's nothing but respect. I know you oh, guys. Yeah. Got nothing but respect for each oh, other, yeah, number yeah, love. Boy, man. We good. Yeah, you know, fight to fight. It is what it is. That's all. So if it gets there, it, it is. We'll, we'll see when we get there. But um, so Tigres, Tigres has been the main guy. And so, yeah. So far as uh, my trainers, right? So Tigres, you know, the last five years, and in the last, I would say, three months, going on four, five months, four months, I think, four months, I've been training at uh, the world's famous Fish Tree Boxing Gym, right. with Coach Dino, and it's become like a home, you know, for me. And and uh, you know I've worked with Dino in the past. I've never done a camp with Dino because I was always good friends with Lazar and you know a couple other guys. And then every time I would go to the gym, man, it was only for like a day or two or a week. The dude always gave me attention, always took care of me, always like the hospitality is just amazing, man. You know, and always like that genuinity of wanting to help you. You know, and this time around, man, it's just you know the atmosphere, man, just kept going and back and and you know. It's all boxing, and right now I don't I don't want to wrestle. I don't want to grapple. I don't want right. to kick right now. You know, like not that I won't do it. Not that I'm completely done like that. But right now I have my mind is still fighting, and it's boxing and it's punching bare knuckle. You know, so it's the best thing that worked for me. So I put them together. So I'm working both with Coach Dino for this camp, uh, Coach Tigre, and my strength and conditioning trainer Marcus, Marcus Concepcion. So, yeah, shout out to Marcos, man. We, we have a, a great relationship with Marcos Concepcion, a good friend of all of ours. Um, he's actually you and Gus's uh, strength and conditioning coach. He's a man. Amazing yeah, job. amazing, amazing dude. You know, uh, follow him. I believe his handle is Marcos Concepcion, in case yeah. you guys want to check him out. Great, great guy, good hearted dude. Um, you know, you've, you've boxed some good guys out there that we know about. You don't got to give us details. Yeah. How do you feel, man? You feeling I feel like you great, know? man. I, my last couple of sparring sessions is, is with guys in the 20s, mid-20s, 25, 26, 8-0, you know, 7-0, you 
professional, two in the amateur fights, and I'm doing great, bro. Awesome. <laughs> so I got to say, I'm doing great. I feel great. They're great sparring partners, and I feel good. I'm doing good. Um, you know, my reaction's good, my timing, my speed, and, you know, the power never goes away. You know, if anything, viejito power, you know, that, you know <laughs> that, 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 uh, yeah. that power, you get stronger. <laughs> you, know, you get stronger, but the good thing is that my reaction and my speed hasn't, Hasn't taken any tolls, you know, so I feel good, man. Baboon, I've never seen any flaw in your fight game except when you get caught in the emotional part uh, and you start banging. Now, with, with Gagey, that's different because of the uh, the pain you had to endure. So I, I get it. I didn't know all those details. Yeah. You know, I remember we talked about it. I thought it was probably a little exaggerated. Now I realize, oh, no, the injury was legit as fuck and a little bit too 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 much to go through, you know, to move around on. Um, don't do that this time, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Be the amazing striker that I know you are, dog. Use that crazy, uh, awesome footwork that you got and, yeah. and just bees this dude up, you know? You're going to get him when you want to, you know? Have you seen videos on him and stuff? Or yeah, what? yeah. See, he's he fighting CFA, too. Oh, okay. He fighting CFA. Jim knocked him out, too. Jim fought him, knocked him out. Not, not to take nothing away from the dude. I mean, look at the way that Jim's fighting, too. You know, he goes in and he gets in your face and is, you know, let's get this, you know? That's not and, you, though. No. Uh, I think that was that was me. You know? Right. Uh, I think that I've evolved from that, and I'm not not to put nothing or nobody down or anything. It's just that I, I think I have a mixture of that old me with a an evolution of myself. Okay. You know if that makes any sense. No, of course you it know, does. Yeah. Right. Like I'm, I still have that aggression, but it's now I have more of a pinpoint on target, and I'm not trying to get hit. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm right. Like, yeah, I can take a hit, but this is a completely different game, and you have no gloves on. You know, it's literally a jab can cut your eyebrow. Right. Cut something. You know, um, it's it's literally I'm gonna hit you first, and you're not gonna see me. You know. Would you Would you say that this sport might be a little bit more favorable? And I know it's gonna take away from the actual name, but if they just wore MMA gloves, and then everything else is still the same, no elbows, no nothing, no just. I thought about that. That way, you just can't the get they have that. that in, they have that, that in one championship. Yeah, they're it's, doing it's, it. They're it. doing it, and uh, and you, you protect the hand a little bit. Yeah, you know, yeah. But then it'll, it'll take away what it is from the rawness yeah. of it. Of exactly rawness, what it is. Yeah. The rawness. And, of and it. if you think about it like this, right? It's true. Yeah. True. So even even I've seen it. Even one of one of C's is doing that. The Muay Thai with the MMA gloves. Yeah. I saw that. I saw that. They're doing some great things. But look, this is what when I had an interview not too long ago in the open workouts. And somebody was asking me, you know, about my thoughts on, on the growth of bare knuckle, right? And I, and I, <laughs> in my own answer, I said, "Damn, that was like, yeah, that makes sense." You know, like my answer was, like, think about it like this: in the masses, right? So, like in in Japan, right? For example, when you had Pride Days, you don't hear people booing in MMA fights, not ever, because the crowd is educated, right? Yeah, right. So in the big, in the masses, right? You know, you come to America, Europe, and boo, and there's like, oh, they're hugging, no, oh, they're grappling. Because they don't understand it. Exactly. Bare knuckle is simple, man. Yeah. It's this dude one plus one. is punching that dude That's more. Yeah. Oh, that dude just cut that dude. Oh, he can't take more. It's like, it's so much easier to understand right. that I think it's going to be able to grasp, and it is grasping the masses a little faster. Yeah. So I think the only thing that would probably throw off the, the masses that you that you speak of, and eventually they get used to it, just like everybody did to UFC, is the bloodshed. The brutality, yeah. Yeah, the brutality behind it. The People bloodshed. love violence. No, they do, and they'll get used to it. They'll get used to it, but, you know, 
you could, you could look back on some of these fights and you see the, you know broken orbitals like nothing you know because it's you know knuckle on on cheekbone nope. and swellings that are just beyond you know the, you don't see them as often in MMA unless it was a long fight or whatever so but they'll get used to it and I think we all agree man this shit's blowing up man. it's blowing up and I, I think it's an amazing transition for you and um I, I know that you'll have some good longevity with it as well. Moving past it for now, though, you've been doing some stuff on the side. You got a you got a business that I didn't even know was a legit business. I, I didn't. I thought it was more of a hobby. You are breeding some of the fucking most gorgeous, beastly looking little juggernauts ever. I, I wish we had our reference TV today. To, for some reason, HDMI cable is down. But to those listening and those to those who are watching on YouTube, look up. Baboon bullies. Baboons bullies. Baboons bullies on Instagram. Okay, I didn't even know you had a page for it. Yeah. Motherfuckers got more followers than I do. Fuck you, bro. <laughs> Fuck you and those damn beautiful dogs. Uh, He's got these bullies. He's been breeding them for a while. I did not know that long. And and you've got nothing but the, the champion of champions or whatever yeah. it is. Give us a little bit on that. So so the the bully thing was like it goes back to again to you know Rick Lamas, right? Rick Lamas, my brother. I went to go do a camp over there. And I've always wanted a target dog, you know. That, yeah, uh, uh, bull terriers. Bull terriers, right? Right. I've always wanted a dog because I've never grown up. I never had my own dog. Like, I was on my mom's dog, you know, my sister's dog. I never had my own dog, right? So when I did camp over there, <laughs> and the, he had this dog named Chico and Bane, right? And then, you know, one black, one white, and it's like, so Chico, no, Bane was like my roommate. Right? He was always in my room, man. This dog would start chasing his tail. Jumping from here to there, like nonstop, like trying to go to sleep. Like, you know, his energy is ridiculous. So these dogs are like so energetic. You know, they need to let that out. You know. Yeah. And then I started. Then I was there for a while. So I was like, man, I was doing a wrestling camp. So I was like, no, nah, I can't. You know, like, I want to relax. You know? <laughs> I want to. I want to be able to. You know, like I'm too busy. You know, I want to. I want to be able to come home and just chill, right? Yeah. So then I, uh, I went to go visit. Uh, he was an attorney of mine, right? You know, good friend of mine is Bob. And Bob has his bullies. That's when I fell in love. You know, and uh, that's the Miami Bully Compound, it's called. And the color, man, the color is called lilac, right? So so really quick, though, when you say bullies, you know, you already, we already mentioned a bull terrier. You got American so bulldogs. Yeah, so it's an American bully. That's, okay. that's the actual name of the breed. Like, if you see my IDs, I have the IDs of my dogs, right? American bully is made out of an English bulldog, a staffy, and a pit bull, right? So those three make the American bully. It's been around 20, 20 some years, right? But it's his own breed. So, you know, I don't know the exact details. I don't want to sound like I'm the exact, you know? Right, right, what right. I would say is that they grab the pit bull, right? And you see how pit bulls are very athletic mm -hmm. and, you know, and thinner, right? So they mixed it with the English bulldog, so they dropped them. They're not as tall. Okay. Very short. And that English bulldog gives them that girth, that width. You know, and the staffy, and they just made them more muscular looking, but at the same time, they're more relaxed. So they're more like a companionship dog, you know. At the same time, they are. If you get a correct, well-bred dog, they're athletic, but short burst, kind of like uh, anaerobic. Yeah, like a little yeah, muscle bars. Yeah, they're not gonna go long. You know, they go. Listen, okay, they almost look it, like they chill. they almost look like they're on steroids, and I'm yeah. not saying that. I yeah, mean no, that yeah, they yeah, almost yeah. look like they're on steroids. Now, is that because it's already in the genes. It's in the gene. And, but it, okay, so it's already in the genes, so th they're predisposed to that pretty easily. But you still have to give them a certain amount of training, like certain rope jumping, rope pulling, or, or it's yeah, just really in the genes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You still have to move them around a little bit if you want them to. 
because they have that English bulldog yeah, gene yeah, too. Yeah, if you you know. But then again, look, the, the breeding right now is is still growing, right? So you got some breeders, irresponsible breeders, and you got some responsible breeders, right? Right. I didn't get into this as a business. I got into it because I love dogs. <laughs> awesome. Period. I love dogs, and I said, man, you know, I had, I was I had my son in my house, and you know, at the point at that time, I had my stepson, you know, ex girlfriend, whatever. And I'm thinking, man, you know. I want to have puppies for the rest of my life because my when, I was grow, when I was growing up, my mom always had puppies. Uh-huh. She always had a dog giving birth, you know. And then she wasn't breeding anything. She just and we loved it as kids. We grew up with always having puppies, and right. I loved that. The United the family, you know. My family is very united, you know. So I wanted to give that feel to the kids in the house, you know, and to myself, right? And I said, what better way? You know, I could play with the puppies for a good eight weeks. <laughs> And then send them on their way to a very happy home. Now, if these dogs are expensive, mad money. I know that big people are like, "Oh, you shouldn't breed. You should rescue." And I understand your cost, man. I have no, no, no nothing against. Agree. I've gotten stuff written from them. Look, man, you know I think that you're wasting your time writing to me, telling me about me breeding. I think that you do more. Uh, you have more. You have something better if you. Go and rescue a dog for yourself. Exactly. Then telling me what to do because you're never going to be able to stop. Everybody's doing their own thing. Right? right. So whatever. So for me, man, it's like the dogs can go anywhere between, like mine. My pups will go anywhere between 5000 to 7000 If you're yeah. going to pay me 5000 you're going to take care of your dog. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, I you're my, not going to neglect them yeah, and do all that know, crazy I, shit. I bought my dogs at 5K. Now, not because they cost 5K, you know, that, but because I can afford to pay 5K. I know that I can give them a good home, a good take, you know. My, my dogs eat raw. They eat steak. They eat, you know, they eat like live, you know, like like raw food, you know. Like it's not it's not a cheap diet, you know. And that's that also helps with the muscle growth and everything and their, you know, their performance. Their hair too, uh, right? Their hair. Yeah. For man, I, I tried the kibble. I, I tried the kibble. Crap. Couldn't give that to my English bulldog. Uh, it, it tore Creates up spots. It, spots. Yeah. She almost went bald. Damn. Yep, she almost went bald. Just yeah. tell you the amount of shit they put yeah. in Where do you there. get the food at that, that... I do it myself. Oh, I go to a place on Bird Road called Raw and Cable. Yeah. Raw food, yeah. Oh, the raw one, yeah, but how much you... you, know, you it's know, it's a good price. It's cheaper, than, actually, than the, that stuff at freaking PetSmart. Okay. Yeah, but well, you, you can do it yourself. So, okay, yeah, so... You just gotta you, have the time you, for that. You've been breeding well, them? I, I, I kind of like a meal prep. Yeah. And I just freeze them. Exactly. That's smart, though. Yeah. And so how long have you been breeding these dogs? So I, I, ha- I got my first two girls back to back, two months apart. I have a pocket size. So the pockets are under 15 inches. And, uh, and they can range between 65 to 75, 80 pounds. Uh, and uh, I have a micro, which in Miami, they're more known as exotics. So the exotics are no taller than 12 inches tall. And can range between forty, well, thirty something pounds, forty something pounds. So if we were comparing them to humans, Gus would be exotic. Yeah, yeah definitely. Exotic. Gus would be exotic. See, dog. See, see, see how low to the floor he is. See, that's a compliment, <laughs> my bro. You guys, you guys think you're funny. It's <laughs> <laughs> fine. So, um, is, is it, how hard, how difficult is it to to, to order one, or how like what how is it, is it on and popping like that where you got a lot of breeds or they're on back order? I don't even know how to you know um, use, what it, terms to use. You no, know, there's a lot of breeders out there. The thing is this, man. You got to look. I did my homework nearly seven months, maybe almost eight months before I bought my first dog. 
Good. Because if you don't do your homework properly, man, they're going to sell you some crap. Like, mm-hmm. what I mean by crap is, like, irresponsible breeders, man. You know, inbreds, they, they, they inbreed them too much. Or you got some idiots that will juice them up. And do yeah, right, if you, right, If you right. don't have the red bloodline, like, you don't need juice. It's been two, 20 years, right? You don't need to put anything on the dog. If you have the red, the right bloodline, it's going to grow into, into what it's going to grow into. You know, you don't have to do anything. You just make them run here and there. Feed them well, treat them well, done deal, you know. So, yeah, man, it's so that's something you plan to keep on growing. Maybe or you know, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So now I got two females, and one of my females gave me a pup. Right, I kept her. <laughs> I was supposed to give her. My girl was like, "It was only one." And like in the bully world, is more quality. So because it was only one pup, you know, I didn't give no, I didn't you know uh, artificial insemination, so I didn't get enough semen, right? Or I didn't hit it right on time, so she only caught one pup, right? So, because it was only one, that means that the head bone is going to be more massive. It's going to be thicker, bigger. So, she's going to be like, her quality is like. Bone. How old is she right now? She's now six months. They offered me 10K. Then they offered me 12K. Then they offered me 12K again. And all three times they heard to say no. And I didn't, I didn't sell her. I kept if you were close enough, I'd kick you in the balls right now. <laughs> You're crazy. This boy is crazy. That dog is gone. Bye, baby. Bye, baby. Because now that same female that gave birth to her, her name is Dulce Leche, right? She's pregnant again with the same exact daddy, which is uh, Raider. And Raider is the, the son of, if you Google, grand champion Rockomania, is, you Google him, $2 million dog. Damn. He's the champion of champions, you know? And Raider is one of his direct sons. So I put Raider to my girl. And my girl comes from a champion herself, Coco. The champion and uh big boy, which is famous in Ohio. You know, so my bloodline is out of control. Legit, legit. Yeah, yeah. So this is gonna be a great side thing you do. I I you know, I remember when um I know you followed Outcast. Yeah. I know you, you know who Outcast is. I know yeah, you don't guess, but yeah, um yeah. Big Boy. Big boy. Um, big boy started breeding pits, blue ribbon. Yeah. Is what he called it. And and this man, I mean, he's already super paid for music, this and that. He still produces music, even makes music, but that man's making a sick fucking paycheck off Blue Ribbon. And he was nothing but celebrities and sports stars and yeah. all that. Would get championship bloodline pit bulls from him. And uh, I don't know. I think it's great. I think I think in the future that's actually something that I could do. You know, when I had some land, I think I could breed some dope-ass dogs. And I feel the same way. Hey, you want to save a dog? Cool. Do that. Yeah. Do what you do. Don't push that on the next person. Uh, from an entrepreneur standpoint, from a whatever standpoint, you know, what people do with mistreating dogs and then you have all these stray dogs and then you have this, you know, pounds that, it's a sad thing, but but we can we can apply that to almost any goddamn species. Yeah. So don't come that way. But um, I think that's dope and I've seen the pictures and you guys need out there listening, check out Baboon's Pitbull, I'm sorry, Baboon's Bullies, bullies yeah. on Instagram. Um, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous bullies. And also, don't forget to start following Baboon. Baboon, your exact handle. It's uh, Luis Baboon in IG, Twitter. And uh, Luis Baboon Palomino is my fan page on Facebook. Luis Palomino on Facebook. Okay. And then the Bare Knuckle is going to be held at? It's going to be at the uh, Fort Lauderdale Convention Center. And doors open 7 p.m., 8 p.m., first five starts. And this is on the 15th, which 15th. is next Saturday. So <clears throat> those of you guys hearing this, um, shout out to my my video editor Doug um, Sobal Sobal Media. 
he's going to try to put this out right away. Hopefully we get this up and, you know, video edited and up and running by Monday. But it, it, my man's got a, a crazy busy schedule. Uh, but we'll definitely get it up before your fight. But so anybody hearing this and paying attention, and, you know, we'll put out a lot of teasers, you know, to, to Instagram and whatnot. Go buy your tickets, man. Go buy your tickets. I don't know how it goes in regards to you guys making um, a cut, if that helps. Yeah, everybody that sells tickets gets a little 20% of the shot of it. So they got to go to the actual site, and then they they put the fighter that they're yeah, favoring. Yeah, okay. Like so make sure you guys show some love to Baboon. He's going to put on a, an amazing show. This guy's a, a really close friend of ours. We work together. We've known each other for so long. We've all been in the same industry. Me and Baboon have shared other stories about that street life and, you know, shit that we got away from and everything. So, you know, we, we always had a big bond from that. And my brother, it's, it's so good to see where you're at right now, you know, to see the, the struggles, the, the highs, the lows, and to see you still trucking, doing so good, surrounded by a great team, and going with a company that, again, I'm mind-blown at how much they're growing and how big they're getting. And, and I think just like Jim is doing great, and, and I hope, <clears throat> I hope uh, Hector does great, and I know that Yuli's going to do work as well. Man, talk about, you know, you guys leading the team and, and, and you know, making some big moves there, dude. Um, anybody you want to give a shout out to before we cut out of this? Sponsors, man. Hopefully, I don't leave nobody out. You know, that always happens to everybody. Yeah. But as far as sponsors, man, um, Care Labs. I mean, you, you know, one thing is to do this, you know, and another thing is to do this without a sponsor, man. The sponsors make it possible for you to be able to 100%. take every side of your head, you know, be able to, you know, take care of those bills, you know, where you can actually focus on the fight. You know, because they help you out with all that side. So, you know, Miami, I uh, have a Ceviches by Divino, Peruvian restaurant, mm. and Divino Ceviche, and they have a couple of locations. Uh, Bomberg, it's a watch. Oh, my God, yo, please hook me up with those people, bro. <laughs> this guy always puts these pictures, these, these uh, watches on. They're so fly, dude. Yeah. They, you know, for real, I, I need that sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, I was going to bring one, but it was, it was, uh, the photographer stayed because we just did a photo shoot. Oh, photo yeah. Shoot. So you have to do some single. Like, man, you can keep my watch. <laughs> yeah, so Bomberg, um, so you know, 1-800-INJURE, man. Any car accidents, slip okay. and fall, 1-800-INJURES, dude named Robert um, that I went to school with, man. And he's been supporting me since day one, you know. Jeez, uh, let me see. I think I remember everybody now. You know what? I got it written down. Yeah, dig, yeah dig into that phone. Gus, while he looks for that, man, I know that you definitely got some people you want to shout out to and then remind people about the fight 100%, and everything. 100%, 100%. You know, like he said, you know, at the beginning, you know, doing fighting, you're not, you don't realize how much a sponsor is 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 important and how vile it is in, in a career, especially when you start off as a pro now that I'm going pro. You know, I went through that struggle of working security overnight and then going into training. When I started MA Masters, I was working 11 to 7 in the morning, and I had to be at practice at 10, and I lived an hour away. I would get no sleep. I'd go straight over there to MA Masters, and then I'd go home, take a little nap, go back to practice at 5. So having a sponsors now and being able to, to be blessed and, and paid for what I do and, and what I love to do and train, it makes it so much easier so much safer because you're not getting injured because you have lack of rest because it's important, man. So I got to shout out Fusion right here. Yes. CBD because they make it possible to not be injured all the time. Fusion, Paramount, um, Game Time Management. Huge shout out. out to them. Yeah. Yes. Game Time Management is a, a, a amazing up-and-coming management group right now. They're, they're, they're picking up a lot of great people, a lot of artists, uh, fighters, yeah. and different, different just all kind of management and – Gus just signed on with them, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, Yuli's with them, and, and other people. They're making a lot of great moves, but yeah, shout out to Sergio and, and um, yeah. Bean. And Red Carpet Italian Restaurants, 
bless that man. Bless that man for believing in me. Um, Truly, truly do appreciate that man. And for sure, you're locked in for Titan FC in yeah. the beginning of uh, the April. So yeah. look out for that. And then for sure, we know this for sure, you're locked in for Combate Americas in Orlando at the end of the month, April 20-something. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I'm okay. praying it all goes well. And, and right, Boom, you found that list. I found them right here, man. <laughs> so, yeah, Kind of Cure Labs, uh, Carbon Fiber Music. This is uh, also another guy that I used to work with, too. He's uh, Faruko's manager. So you're going to have an artist walking me out in this fight. Nice. Uh, so Carbon Fiber Music, Ceviche by Divino, 1-800-Injured, Bomberg, of course. Um, FYI, we got company from uh, The Grove. And, you know, everybody, you know, the gyms, man, uh, Fistry World, uh, the famous world, the, the world's famous Fistry Boxing Gym, and John Tyler's Foundation. Man. Thank you, everybody. And Miami Bulldogs, just <coughs> closed with them yesterday. Miami guys, Bulldogs. so you, you guys listening, man, again, you know, just to piggyback what they said, if you guys are ever interested out there, you know, in sponsoring a fighter, helping a fighter out, um, might not just be a fighter, might just be, you know, somebody who can use the help in some type of sponsorship, do reach out. You know, it's very difficult to to chase dreams. It's very difficult to give something your all in order to be successful, especially in the fight game. And like they both just said, you know, when 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 they have to worry less about their meals, you know, because they got meal press being made. When they have to worry less about working so much. Oh, you know, I know Gus. You know, he works a lot at the UFC. He had to tell the boss, "Yo, get ready. I'm about to take a month off." And I know you told him that we discussed that. Because when you overwork, you can't train. You're too tired, or you're training very, you know, very uh, lackadaisical, like because you don't have the energy. Mm-hmm. So if you have somebody who's like, "Hey, might not be much, but I can get you 500 bucks a month, or whatever it might be," you know, th- that's a huge blessing because that's less that somebody has to worry about yeah. putting in the work for and still taking care of their bills. So to anybody listening, man, one shout out to you guys if you've ever supported, you know, sponsored or anything. Two, show your support. Hey, if you can't sponsor, show some support by tuning in. Tune in to the Bare Knuckle FC. Go follow these guys. Go follow Baboon, you know, on Instagram or Twitter. Go follow Gus. Tune in to Combate America. Tune in to Titan FC. This is all local, but this is all also televised. It's also on cable networks. I even think that they're on Fight Pass, not the Bare Knuckle. I don't think Bare Knuckle's on UFC Fight Pass, right? No. Uh, Bet you they will be. It's pay-per-view, though. It's on pay-per-view. Yeah, it's pay-per-view. So, you know, guys out there, please, you know, show your support. And then, again, for the Black Sheep perspective, show your support. If you hear this or if you see this clip... Man, go subscribe, go to YouTube, go to Spotify, go to any one of those platforms. Show some support. You know, everybody here is just trying to make a little living, a little side extra. We don't all want to be, you know, pushing papers nine to five in. And the same way we encourage everybody else to do the same, we're over here doing our thing. So, Baboon, I love you to death, dog. I'm so glad we finally did this. Thank you for blessing the crib. Thank you for coming to the podcast. Yo, Gus, you've been excellent today. Not that people get to see it on camera, but I was quick how you handled that that little malfunction we had earlier. <laughs> Sorry for all the jokes today. <laughs> I think we went easy on you today. Yeah, we went really easy. Yeah, I don't think we could. We, we I, let it, I let it go. I got to respect my elders. Uh, I'm waiting he, till, slid, he slid I'm in the, the final one. Baboon thinks I'm playing. I'm waiting till he gets like to 60, and I'm asking him to spar. <laughs> he's going to think he still got it in him. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to wax that ass. <laughs> Have you seen the old man? In the beast oh yeah oh in the boxing in the boxing <laughs> ring that guy never saw it coming that old man was serious from yes. the from the ding ding he was serious he went yo, i don't was, think that was cool though i don't i think that guy was like yo i'm not gonna beat you up let's just spar nah, man, old man came yeah probably too as well probably too uh but hey guys thank you for tuning in listen stay tuned in 
We got, unless, you know, barring no setbacks, we got Valerie Lareda coming up next, man. She's going to come tomorrow. We're going to have a great time talking to her, catching up about Bellator and her modeling career and what she's got going on with that uh, Spanish thing that she went to overseas. And uh, go support everybody. Go support the, the Bare Knuckle. Follow up, Baboon. Thank you guys for tuning in, man. Nothing but love and peace to everybody out there, guys. Deuces. Right.